0: And there we go. We are back again for another fantastic conversation on Friday Night counter Um, This week we'll have two parts of this week's podcast, just like we did last week, which will be fantastic. And thank you for all of our new listeners that joined us from last week. We appreciate all the work um, that we've done and the fact that we've got so many new listeners over the year. This is the last podcast that we are doing of the year um, regarding the World Cup. So next week we're going to have a couple of pre-recorded episodes up. Uh, which are pre-planned for Christmas because we all need a break at the end of the day. Got to focus on our mental health, our physical health and our psychological health, health as well, which is the main thing. So I need to start running uh, back again. All I've been doing is eating Jaffa cakes and Indian snacks over the last two, three weeks. And I, I, I love it, but I need to start running again. Good. So I, I'll, I'll be focused on that. Uh, joining us this week as well we've got uh, two of my friends kyle and dan who will be joining us later for their joint team of the tournament and starting us off right now is suki suki back after a very impressive debut after predicting morocco would do well in this tournament and by god they've done very well how are you doing suki it's good to see you again my friend oh good my friend how are you I'm very good. Um, It's a shame that you've got the the winter flu as it is in in England, unfortunately, but you're soldiering through for the benefit of the podcast, unlike some people who haven't joined us because of, of unforeseen reasons as well. But no, I appreciate the fact that you're here. And you're here to talk about three big things. We're here to talk about three big things. England getting knocked out of the World Cup. We're going to be doing our team at the to- tournament one versus one. And that rule will be one player per nation. That is how we're doing it on Friday Night Counter-Attack. And we will obviously be previewing the World Cup final. Messi versus Mbappe. Lisandro versus uh, Varane. Hugo Lloris versus Emi Martinez. Argentina versus France. We will be talking about that. Um, but yeah, first things first, Taki. How was your reaction to England getting knocked out of the uh, World Cup against France? And... How did you kind of feel after that as well? Because I was...
1: Uh, I mean, as usual, as an English fan, you're gutted. Um, I think what made it even twice as bad is that it was Harry Kane that missed the freaking penalty. Um, so again, i got that kind of Tottenham slander in the in the WhatsApp groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to quickly remind that, obviously, we had penalties in the Euros. We didn't do quite, quite too well. And as I was like, look, it's only human. We had a striker that went against his current former teammate, I'm oh, sorry, for, kind of current teammate for top number, Lurice. So there's a bit of a mind game kind of there to kind of decide where he was going to place it. And I think in his head, he had it. I don't know if he kind of overthought it. And he was like, you know what, I need to kind of smash this one, try and get it as close to top bins as are possible. But I think uh, Lloris won that one. But again, he scored one out of the two. Um, I think from my point, I think we, we we've got such a talented bench. Of, of really good attacking talent, and I think the subs that he made for Southgate they came way too late. I, I think agree. If they just made him just ten minutes a bit quicker earlier. I think at the seventieth minute we would have had a good twenty minute period where we could just kind of force the pressure on them, put them on the back fence, and obviously try and get that goal. But um, again, this is obviously the beauty of tournament football; it never came. It never came about. And again, it's just one of those you've got to take it on the chin. And um, I think from the kind of positive outtake from it is that we've got a really good. Kind of talented young players that are going to kind of that core group, and I think we're kind of looking forward to the likes of like Bellingham, Foden, Grealish now that hopefully he can take a mantle, kind of lead the team because he'll be obviously a, a lot of a kind of mature age. And I think uh, it's there's exciting times, but I just think uh, for, from a manager's point, I think there was a bad decision on his side, um, especially with the subs. And I think uh, it was just way too late, too little, too late by that point. I think at the 80th minute, there's not much you can make an impact on and expect Rashford to do something. Uh, and I think taking Sakharov off as well was probably just a bit too early, um, but yeah, I, I also want to hear your thoughts on what you think about the subs as well.
0: Oh my days, man! Like honestly, I was watching it with my cousins, my younger cousins, and yeah. um, they won't mind me saying this. One of them went off to cry. It was their first World Cup they could rem- they could appreciate, they could understand. They were off crying, and I'm like, you've not seen the worst of England. I was like, you've seen, you <laughs> haven't seen us lose to Iceland, you haven't seen us lose to. Um, Uruguay and Italy in the group station get knocked out before as well which is crazy but the mm. subs for me if we start on that as well as you know I'm a big uh, Marcus Rashford fan being a Manchester United fan as well I said before the tournament on one of our match day vlogs when I went to watch us play Aston Villa he was in the form of his life he was England's joint top scorer um, at this World Cup we can't bring him on at 2-1 when we are losing you have to be proactive and you would have assumed you would have assumed that Gareth Southgate learned his lesson from Euro 2020 when he makes his substitutions too late in extra time like two minutes before penalties. You have amazing talent on your bench and you're reacting so, so late. I- I've always been Southgate in but it's the closest I've been to like literally Southgate out because it shows that he hasn't learned his lesson. We've seen him learn his lesson from 2018 to 2020 um, with how he actually plays the game and even in this tournament We thought he turned over a new leaf by playing a 4-3-3 by getting rid of Mason Mount from the starting lineup because he just doesn't offer anything. The only thing he's offered in this tournament is winning that penalty against France and he was awful. If you're looking at that that shot he made against um, Hugo Lloris that went over the bar from 35 yards out, off balance. Who does these things when they've just come off the bench after not playing for ages and not letting James Madison play? Criminal, absolute criminal. Honestly, criminal. You can tell he got bullied into that selection. You knew he would have got hated by the media by leaving him at home. But bring him on the pitch. He can actually give you something. If he was on the pitch instead of Mason Mount, he may have been a contender for the free kick, the last-minute free kick. You never know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. One thing that I didn't also like as well was the set-piece takers as well in the France game. I don't know who agreed to them, but Mm. Luke Shaw has a free kick at the 25-yard range. Luke Shaw never takes direct free kicks for Man United or for England. His first ever direct free kick is straight on against Hugo Lloris and he just catches it. Like, yeah, cool. That's fine. There there were better people on the pitch at the time. Saka's probably a better taker. Kane would probably take it better as well. Bellingham, give him a go. Foden, give him a go. But Luke Shaw, man, like, he's good at crossing the ball. We've seen him make assists. If he's going to be there, make sure he crosses it in so you can get a header on it. Which weren't great at all. Harry Maguire had a very good tournament, but he was very... Um, you could see his class being outshone by Olivier Giroud, especially when he conceded the goal. But probably a minute or two before the game, uh, before the goal, sorry, before the goal, when Giroud was just free on goal and he just hit, uh, pickford saved it, point-blank range, and he made it easier for, um, for himself to just start screaming at his defenders and his midfielders as he does. And then he doesn't actually react properly to... Um, the second goal unfortunately but it didn't really happen for England unfortunately but it was the first time I can honestly say probably since 2002 I can say so, so for 20 years Suki, key okay, that yeah. I can walk away from England actually playing and giving their all before actually losing they did it against Brazil in 2002 because it weren't the best of teams that they had against an amazing Brazilian team against this French team we stood toe to toe sometimes we were ahead of them in the second half um, in terms of momentum um, possession whatever we needed to go we, we could have done it but we didn't again, just like against Italy in 2020, we were reactive, not proactive in the way that we play. And it was very worrying to see how England are going to be under Gareth Southgate. So even if we were to get a new manager, I don't see what the issue is. I don't get why people say, Oh, the manager has to be English. The England's women's team have a Dutch manager and they've won it. So it is so many people making lots of BS uh, conversation for the sake of it. But at the end of the day, France outshone out us as they do. They got the goals that they needed to do as well. It could have been 2-2. It could have gone into extra time, um, but it just didn't. Obviously, the Kane thing was really, really annoying. I was really upset with it. I still don't get how people racially abuse Marcus Rashford and Bakayo Saka after the game. I think it's just like a, a, a really annoying thing now just seeing how people get racially abused. Like, how are you going to abuse the best player on our team, Bakayo Saka? It wasn't Bellingham, as people want to think, or Foden. It was actually Bakayo Saka. So it was yeah. very worrying to see how... Uh, he got subbed off earlier as well because I personally think he's the one that we have to build our team around going forward. Saka, Bellingham, Vodan, that has to be the three players England have to build across because he took, Theo Hernandez, probably the best left back at the tournament for a dog ride. He literally just took him all the way around the park. He took him all the way back. <laughs> and you're just looking at it. It's like, this is a book Saka that we want to see. And then he got subbed off. It was really, really annoying. But Mini um, ran over, but realistically speaking, England should have been in that semi-final against Morocco and they should have been Looking to face Argentina in that final, it's always if spots and maybe's, but England down to the manager, down to Harry Kane, down to some individual errors. Like even Jude Bellingham, for example, he could have pressed too many, but instead he's on his six yard box, instead of at the edge of the eighteen yard box as well. People don't want to call him out for that, but I will because you can you can be as nice as you want to someone, but he still needed to be actually there to sort of stop too many. Him and Henderson, He had the mm. whole back seven seven in the eighteen yard box, which. Shouldn't have been the case because they were so scared of Griezmann and Bappi and Jiri, but it didn't happen. And it's all these little small errors that they all look to fix, they look to rectify, but it might be too little, too late for some people in four years' time at the next World Cup.
1: No, exactly, and I think with Southgate, he's had he's had two World Cups, he's had his Euros. I think from from my point, I think the ride's over now. I think the Southgate train's gone. I think when you look at him, he's. <laughs> The one positive I can give to him is that he's made a group that's kind of that togetherness because before when we when you see like Gary Neville talk or Rio Ferdinand, remember they used to say back in the England kind of camps, they all used to sit in their individual teams. They really were more focused at club level because they were really kind of against each other. But obviously now, the, ch- the times have changed with this generation. They're they're more about kind of conclusively together. They really want to achieve to, to obviously win a trophy and obviously that's what you need. You have to work as a team. I can give him that, but I think in terms of when it comes to kind of tactical, Kind of essence to to I think, I think Southgate's it. hit
0: his ceiling, personally. Yeah, yeah, definitely,
1: yeah. But I just don't think he's ever been a manager, and I think from that now, I don't ever see him coaching an actual club level team. Yeah. And I think just if, if 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 I was if I was the FA now, I'd actually look at it and keep him as an assistant manager
0: because he's got that kind of. Uh, he wouldn't want to be that. That's the thing. He'd it, rather yeah. go out on his own terms after winning a trophy, or be stubborn enough to just keep the position until he gets sacked. And that's yeah. And I, see, what yeah. And I yeah. think
1: it, I think they may. I think from the looks of it, they'll probably all give him to the Euros. Mm. I think that's what because think about it. If you look at it from a cost point, he's he's cheaper to have Southgate than getting another manager, right? Yeah. And you know what we're like as as British people. We like to save a penny here and there. And I think from his point, he'll probably stay for just for that Euros to say, well, look, I've I've created this group of players. The, the reason why we've gone so far in tournaments to the knockouts is because of myself. And I think that obviously will give him that justification to get the Euros 24. But again, from my, from my point, point, I think you agree as well, is that it, the ride's over now. He, he's, had his, he's had his chance. He's blown it. He blew it in the, the Euros final when in extra time he could have put Rashford and Saka on and Sancho won a lot earlier. And we could have gone for the game and really taken it to Italy. Mm-hmm. And we were playing against in Italy with two aging centre-backs, bear in mind. So we would have had the, enough pace to go and kill him. And, and the only time it.
0: that they were threatened was when Saka was
1: on. and then Exactly. Then and then again, he, he makes the changes to put him on for penalties and then obviously that kind of backfired and then you saw what happened kind of after that. But it's funny that you touch on the kind of the, the races of stuff, especially with Saka because when Rashford had that free kick right at the end, I think it was the Daily Mail or the Guardian, you'll have to correct me on this one, but they posted, rather than Harry Kane missing the penalty, they posted Rashford and then put the subtitle to say, okay, uh, England would be knocked out and it, it was just very criminal for them to really well there was no need to put Rashford's free kick there the thing, is, there as a, the thing as well. is with
0: the Daily Mail one as well is they gave Saka a worse rating than Foden and Kane and for Kane's oh, yes, bio for Kane's bio they put oh, it was a historic night for Harry Kane as he equaled Wayne Rooney's joint top goal scoring record unfortunately yeah, yeah. missed the penalty but he'd always be a legend but Kaiosaka Saka was something along the lines of oh, all he did was, won the, well, was win the penalty so literally, yeah. the streets went mad. It went mad. Social media went mad, and you're just like, you have to be blind to have not seen it of what they, of the systemic racism that you're seeing in and around uh, British media, which is really unfortunate and really upsetting to really see, because these are just literally just literally guys living their dreams, trying to do the best for the country. Like no one racially abused Harry Kane after it, but um, and and no one looked to as well in the media. They didn't criminalise him as they should, but back in Euro 2020. No one in the in like BBC or ITV, they never criminalised the free plays I missed anyway. But it's like the, the written media that tend to do that, which is really unfortunate and really upsetting to see how things really are as well, unfortunately. Yeah. But it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, On to a lighter topic now. Um, before we talk... Well, I don't want to talk more about England, but we'll see what happens with England over the next two years. Hopefully, we'll be here in two <laughs> years' time. No, 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 no. I said that after the Euros. After Euros, I said... Let's have a look and see where England are at the World Cup. Hopefully we'll be celebrating, but we're not. We are not. We are not celebrating. There's more It's more inquiries. It's more to see how England are actually going to do going forward. Team yes. of the tournament, that's the, that's the main topic of conversation today, Suki. It's going to be me versus you. It's going to be one player per nation. That is the rule as well. So yep. we are going to be looking at how we are going to select some of these players. And um, I've got a topic next, well, the next part of the podcast is basically just three of us doing it for one team. But for this one, um, how we kind of, kind of, how we are going to do it is it's going to be me versus you um, on a six-a-side pitch. So obviously we, have Friday night counter as you know, play five-a-side football. Um, we tend to play five-a-sides of the week, that type of thing as well. Sometimes we'll play six-a-sides. But because it's a World Cup, I want to go through a 6 aside side one. So it doesn't matter about positions. It doesn't matter about um, placements. We're just imagining these two sets of teams are playing one another in yeah. Qatar in a World Cup final. And it's going to be like the streets will never forget type World Cup final 2022. So instead of going for 11 versus 11, I thought I'd throw yeah. you a curveball here and think, okay, these are the kind of plays that we want to see on the pitch that we enjoyed on the pitch. So it doesn't have to be like... Um, like center defensive midfielders or left backs that you thought were really good. It, it would just be if you think they played well, if you want them on your team, they're on your team. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Uh, first choice, you get first choice and you have to work from back to front. So from goalkeeper to striker. And um, you don't have to pick a goalkeeper. So you can pick whoever you want. We're going for six aside each, by the way. And for everyone listening, it's one player per nation. So don't go attacking us on the comments as you
1: do. <laughs> So I'm going to choose a keeper then, yeah?
0: You can or you can go for like a defender. Actually, no, you know, go for a keeper.
1: I keepers have done keeper. well in this tournament.
0: They've done very well. Um,
1: ooh. It's going to be a difficult one. I don't think any of the keepers did that well, to be fair, in the tournament, you know? I don't think there was anyone that was... Oh, I'm trying to... It's a difficult one. Uh,
0: Let me stop. I'll, I'll go, go for it. you start, you start. Yeah. Uh, I, want, I want to shout out Bono but I'm not going to pick him for my Moroccan player because I've got someone else in mind for Morocco. I'm going to yeah. shout out Wojciech Szczesny. I think it's fantastic, especially that save against Lionel Messi. And remember, he kept Poland in the group stages to qualify for the round of 16. But yeah. I will pick Gonda from Japan. Gonda will be my goalkeeper for my 6 aside side team. So um, as we do, just pop it into the chat. Gonda. Yep. Okay. Uh, I thought it was fantastic, especially in that Germany game. I mean... When you're looking at goalkeepers as well, and when you're seeing them in World Cups and Euros at penalty shootouts, he didn't save much, but you don't look at a goalkeeper just saving penalties because that's their hero moment. You want to look at them as of how they played in the 90 minutes and they played fantastically well against Germany. Immense against Spain as well, to be fair, at the same time. And especially in the 120 minutes against Croatia as well, only concede to that even Perisic goal as well. So Gonda, for me, if I had to represent, and I think I'm quite smart in doing this, not using one of the bigger nations for a goalkeeper, I will yeah. go for Gonda, my Japanese goalkeeper. Bears, bears. Uh,
1: I'll probably go for my keeper, just touching on that Gonda Ivan Perisic uh, point, uh mm. Ooh,
0: Croatia. you're not going for Modric as your... Croatian player. No,
1: nah, I just think, uh, well, you, you've given me free reign just to go full-out attacking it for a six-to-five, 6 to, five, six to five team, so I don't yeah. really need to focus on kind of said midfielders if i Oh, my days. Players. I'm liking yeah, this. I'm think, liking
0: this. I'm liking this.
1: Yeah, I think uh, from that, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with my Croatian pick because I'm, I'm thinking about teams that have done really well. I'm mm-hmm. uh, thinking of... Because you, when you look at it and you're thinking like, well, you, especially for a keeper, it's quite difficult when you look across the teams. Yeah. Uh, but I think Lovacovic for Croatia, I think brilliant tournament, really key saves in the quarters. They to the to the semis. Um unfortunately they didn't get to go through, but again, he's that kind Brazil
0: of... game was iconic for him, honestly. He'll yeah, go down in yeah. folklore for that game against Brazil. Just nothing could exactly. get past him. And people are like, Oh yeah, they saves you're expected to make, but he made them. So he he did his job really, really well consistently, which was really, really good. Which is interesting because um, I want to see his
1: stats to be fair, to see how to see how good he did. And I think they'll they'll probably smash the bark, yeah.
0: I mean, I think Everton were looking at him in the summer and Leicester were looking at him in the summer, but they didn't go for him as well. And that's the power of the world Cup, cups. When you're looking at some of these players and then you see them being like, searched or sought out after the world cup, their value will go up 10, 15, 30 million pounds as they tend to do, do, which is crazy. You have a look <laughs> at his stats and I'll go for my, I'm going to go for a defender. I will pick a defender in this one. Go on. um, I'm not going to go for Gavardiol, Cause I think you can go for the Gavardio guy. Guy. I will go for Ashraf Akimi yes I, I'm not going for Ziyech no I'm not going for Amrabat I want to give Afra, Afra, uh, Ashraf Hakimi his flowers for what he's done being probably the probably the, the the leader of this Moroccan side as well on and off the pitch it's been amazing to see how he's conducted of himself the fact that he's been the PSG he's been at Real Madrid he's been at Borussia Dortmund into Milan all in his young career he's done so much to advance the Moroccan uh, way of football they're not just looking to turn up anymore these African teams these Asian teams they're looking actually turning up and representing in the right way getting to quarterfinals, finals semi-finals round of 16s knocking out some of the big boys and these historic big boys I should say as well mm-hmm. that Belgian game where we were talking about as well was just iconic the way that they played the way that Hakimi played Ziyech played Amrabat played And they could all get a shout out because they've done amazing Morocco and commiserations to them and I'm pretty sure they've done their continent and their nation and their families absolutely proud of what they've done. But Ashraf Hakimi, I thought even yesterday um, against Kylian Mbappe, he did a really, really good job against his PSG team but he did fantastic in the Portugal game as well. Jao Felix, who was literally coming into the the, the right amount of form at the right amount of time, nullified him. It's fantastic to really see how he did and his consistency has been fantastic and hopefully we get to see more of Morocco going forward and a lot more of Ashraf Hakimi we will definitely see um, for PSG. So here's my defender that I'm prone in there as well. Um, oh, nice. But like I said about being a six side, the free range is yours. So again, if you want to go for all strikers, you can, but I'm going in that per- that systematic order of one goalkeeper, one defender, then the freedom is mine. That's how I'm going to go for it.
1: I'll follow, I'll follow the same suit then. So I think this is going to be really outrageous, really out- it's out there. Um, but is one player to watch, and I think for the future as well. Um, and I've correct me if I'm wrong. I think he plays for Bayer Leverkusen, and he's a centre back. I want to see if you can guess his nationality. The Ecuadorian guy, Hincapi. Yes,
0: Hincapi. he was sick. I watched <laughs> him. I watched him at uh, Bayer Leverkusen in September when I went. Fantastic player, left-footed centre back. Unfortunately, Ecuador didn't uh, qualify past the group stages, but he was very, very good, especially against the Netherlands yeah. as well. He can play as, as a left back as well. So good, in fact. I started a career mode on FIFA, being by Leverkusen. His, career, his, his growth is mad. It's insane. Yeah, Literally, he'll go for 50, 60 million in the future as well. If Ecuador had a team as good as Croatia, he would get recognised as well as, well as uh, Gavario did as well. But he was a oh, very good player and a good ball-playing centre-back, I thought, as well.
1: Oh, 100%. I'll be take just on the Ecuadorian team because they're so young and I think because they were so close as well. And if you watch them closely, the way that they played was freaking honestly unreal they're the team to watch for next World Cup I know we had Morocco this World Cup I think next World Cup I would put them down as my team to watch because they've got such a fantastic core there and obviously you've got that kind of uh, Marvin Casado in the middle as well Uh, and obviously they've got a couple of I think the Espetuna the left back from Brighton as well Yeah, Uh, and there are some other kind of wingers that they've got and you've got Plata from Sporting Lisbon as well he's a very good player yeah exactly so they've got honestly there's such a core group there and I think they could actually do a croatian Moroccan model of being systematic and building their team. And I think next World Cup, they'll be of age, like 26, 27. And I think they'll, yeah, again, they'll do, they'll probably do bits, to be fair.
0: I mean, remember, Col- Colombia didn't qualify as well. Chile didn't qualify as well. So Ecuador definitely going to be a South American team to look out for as well, because they're a young, up and coming team. And hopefully we'll get to see a lot of them in the Copa Americas next time around as well, which would be really, really exactly, good. Yeah. Good shot, man. Good shot. So just to pop that into the chat. So I went for Hakimi. And then you went for Hinn and at defence as well. Right, midfielder's time. You can go first for the next two because I don't want to take all the first pick and I want to react to some of these ones that you've got as well. So who's your first pick? So I'll go
1: with my Moroccan one. It it was a toss-up between the two. Honestly, Hmm. it was such a toss-up. But I think just out of favourism, I'll probably go with Amrabat. But I was nice. going to go with Onahi. Onahi was going to be my pick, but I've changed it to Amrabat. So he was immense versus Portugal as
0: well. He was so, so
1: uh, good. Honestly, it, just what a player. And he even played at centre-back when he had to fill that void yeah. when uh, Roman sais was injured as well. He's obviously covered it and he's obviously been levels ahead. And I think that tackle against <laughs> Mbappe when he chopped him out was obviously brilliant. Yeah, So yeah, he'll be my, my pick in, in the middle.
0: Nicely done, nicely done. Um, but realistically speaking, though, do you think he can get a he can secure a move to a big club in in Europe now after that? Well, we we
1: were linked to him from Tottenham. We've been linked to them for the past, uh, I think, three transfer windows now since patricia has been here. So we've been linked to them, kind of, from Fiorentina to kind of take him. Um, but I think obviously just around cost, I think it was just the problem just around how much they want to kind of pay for him. I think it was fifteen million at that point. And yeah. I think if you look at it now it's probably going to, his stock has risen, so he'll probably be about 30, 35 mil if I was for but I do believe, I think his contract is running down next year, so they might be able to take a price deal, who knows, but um, honestly, I'd I'd love him at Tottenham, honestly, I wouldn't
0: say it, no. He'd be fantastic, it'd be good to see how well he would do in, in top European football as well, like some of these players, they're doing it at the World Cup, they can do it at the Champions League, the Europa League, the Premier League, they can actually hack it because they've done it, not just in the group stages, but in the knockout stages in the big moments as well, which is insane. Um good shot there as well I'm going to go for uh, yeah I'll, 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 oh, no, no, I will can't go for him I was going to go for too many but I can't because I want to pick a certain other Frenchman in there as well <laughs> unless you beat me to it for him but I will go for... no I'm not going to go for him either I'll go for Bruno Fernandes I'll throw Bruno Fernandes in there as well Portugal's main man in this tournament in my opinion in the midfield the fact that when Ronaldo wasn't playing or wasn't starting I should say they're a lot more energetic, they're a lot more fresh, they're a lot more refreshing to watch as well because of Bruno Fernandes. And that I can link to Manchester United as well because it's the same thing that happened (laughs) with Manchester United. We were actually running as a team, we were working as a team, Portugal was running as a team, scoring a lot as a team as well. And I predicted it, what happened as well when Ronaldo isn't in the team, you actually work as a team properly and Bruno Fernandes is the essence of a team player. He works so well in in this tournament. I really enjoyed watching him against Uruguay as well fantastic players to watch and to appreciate at the same time so I think I've got to go for Bruno Fernandes as my guy but were you um kind of surprised with how well Bruno Fernandes has done in this tournament for Portugal I'm not I'm not so so much
1: surprised because we know the talent that he's got and what he's possessed and I think when you look at his stats when he when he joined you boys from from Lisbon yeah he was he was really on that was bear in mind that was without Ronaldo and that was with a striker that can actually run between behind the lines And And then he he, he got injured and then we added
0: Galo come in, which made no sense to me either. Which
1: made no sense. But again, you can't take the quality for what he can do. He's always looking for that forward pass. He's got a creative mind. He scores goals. He can assist. He can shoot with both feet. You know what I mean? He's got it. He's got the talent. And I think just this season and last season, just towards the end, he kind of dipped a bit. But I think obviously there was a lot of kind of media attention and I think that probably got the pressure got to him. Uh, But I think honestly, a standing player and I think in the tournament as well, some of the kind of assists and the goals that he's made were by far, by none, brilliant. And I think with United now, if I was to look at it, it's like you say, you would probably model your team around him. And I think if you put him in that number 10 position and give him a, a striker that can actually run behind the lines, I think he would his stats would just, and even again, his stock would just rise completely. And uh, again, and I think from this tournament as well, Portugal, I think he will be the next captain going yeah. forward. And uh, yeah, I think he, what he's got on his plate, he's, he's got it there. He's, I think it's just, again, it's just for him to kind of take it on board and kind of carry on
0: and move forward uh, be, which will be really good I'm looking forward to seeing what Bruno Fernandes does when he comes back to Manchester United hopefully they keep, uh, continue the form that they're getting in the, in the international stage as well which will be great so that's three for three now so we've done three each we've got three more to go for as well um, yeah go for your next pick if you want to go for a midfielder or an attacker choice is yours my friend how, you know how six or work we've played yeah. God knows uh, those of
1: them. yeah so I'm, I'm trying to go for a bit of a formation here so like a two two and a one so I'll probably just get my kind of—he's a right wing back. Um, I, I don't even know what club he plays for actually, but I know he's part of Argentina, right? So Melina. Um, what
0: you're not going for anyone else in Argentina besides Melina?
1: What? If you saw the way that he played for that team, if you, and you and you see if you if you watch the detail of the what of what that team did, the way that he got that ball up the pitch, you, you'll understand as to why as to why. I, that I
0: understand him. that, but there are. Yeah. Other players on the six-to-side pitch, remember, as well, that you can go for. That's why I'm kind of thinking...
1: Yeah, but you, you're telling me to pick players in the tournament that have done what's done so well. I'm not I'm not one of those that gives kind of the, the basic Messi-Ronaldo picks. So I'm not going to go for that. That's good. You're playing the game properly, which is really good. And I, I do appreciate exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. So you can see the formation coming up. coming up. Mm. But um, Honestly, when you watch Argentina and you can see the way that they sit deep and then you watch Messi getting the ball in the middle and you always look on the right-hand side, this guy is off that pitch. Yeah. by far by none and he's always getting up there and that, that engine that this kid's got I think again another player that probably look in the transfer window for any team that wants to buy him again another 34 email depending
0: mm-hmm. on what, what whichever club he's at I don't even know which team he plays for actually I'd be interested to know actually on that one He'll be a World Cup finalist on the weekend as well, which would be absolutely crazy um, to really exactly. see how well it's done. But no, fair enough, because I thought you'd have gone for someone like Enzo Fernandez or McAllister. They've been fantastic players as well, especially especially Enzo Fernandez. What a player he has been and what a baller he was as well. That goal against uh, Mexico, I think it was outrageous. goal. what an absolute baller he is as a attacking midfielder. And Benfica are going to be another another big sale coming up for Benfica within the next year or so, regarding Enzo Fernandez as well, which will be great. I'm going all the way to West Africa now. I'm going to go to Ghana because this is a player I've told you about before, and I predicted that he'd have a good tournament. Yep. I don't know how to word it, but I think I word it in this way. When he was playing in his natural position, he was absolutely fire. He was blamed. He was amazing to watch, and he scored two great goals in the game. When he was playing as a like a system player in, in the squad that and a team that didn't really deserve um, to go out in the kind of way that he did, he was crap. He was awful. Uh, Mohammed Kudus you've heard me say his name loads of times people have heard me say his name so the time. times I thought it was fantastic and a very good enjoyable player to watch that game against South Korea though was just the fact that he did so well in his natural position I don't get why Ghana insisted to play Jordan Ayew and Andre Ayu as a starter like they're both ancient man they've got fake passports for goodness sake like even like you know about uh, 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 Ghanaian people and Nigerian people not liking each other. Even Nigerian people were going, nah, "How are you how are you limiting yourself, Mohammed Kudus?" It was awful. <laughs> I was like, "You're limiting Mohammed Kudus's ability. He is their star boy. Yeah, and he doesn't even get to turn up because he's playing. He's trying to accommodate for Andre Ayu and Jordan Ayu. I was complaining about it to so many people. And the fact that Andre <laughs> Ayew took that penalty against Uruguay and he missed. I was like, let Mohamed Kudus take it. He's the future of this nation, for goodness sake. <laughs> it didn't happen. Don't worry, Mohamed Kudus, you're out of the World Cup, but you're still in my sixth side for the World Cup 2022. So I've got my midfielder, Mohamed Kudus, and, um, yeah, Bruno Fernandes, which would be a good fan as well. Right, wally, so that's, that's four for four. Um Okay, two attackers. I'm gonna go for two attackers, as you can see. Are you gonna go for one more midfielder or, or an attacker?
1: Yeah, I'll go for one more midfielder, and I'll do my attacker last. And okay. uh, my next pick will obviously England star boy Bellingham. Mm. Um, I think again another future captain for England, maybe next World Cup. Yep. But When you watch this, when you watch him play, he's just it's just he's. He, I think he's what 20, 19, 20 years old, and you're 19, looking at it. So. And 19 and you look at it and he's playing like someone that's the 28-30. The he's so mature the way that he plays out and he's got he's got such a creative mind that he knows when to push up when to push back he knows that we need to push the ball forward we need to you need to drive the ball rather than just being boring and systematic just passing it left and right left and right he's always looking for those kind of diagonal balls playing it through the gaps and I think with him and Foden and Foden being in that number 10 kind of role in those gaps these two can be our next generation's hope and uh, yeah, honestly, what a what a player! And I think again, once he makes his big move, and he probably will, I think he probably end up at City. To be fair, and then uh, yeah, I think again, once he gets that big move, he'll just keep smashing windows and ceilings. And again, another future England captain from from my from my eyes. Yeah,
0: hopefully he doesn't get racially abused by the British written media. I hope he doesn't. He does he definitely doesn't <laughs> deserve That's it. Me. Makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, but no amazing choice, Jude Bellingham. What a fantastic plays to kind of go for as well. I'm going to go for, I do want to go for the Mbappe's, the Messi's, but we've given ourselves that unwritten rule that we're not going to go for the big players. We're going to highlight the players that, actually, yeah, this is a tricky one. Cody Gapko, does he count? I think think it's it's borderline because it's not household name. If I went for Vinicius Junior, everyone knows who he is. You get what I mean, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll give you Gapko. I think from the group stages he he he, he done he done quite well there. Um mm. and you, you can see the talent that he's got. It's just again making it happen. And I think he, he did get stifled in that Argentina game because they weren't really progressing forward a lot and he kind of got broken down because still see Argentina was sitting deep. So I think yeah, he's yeah, honestly, no yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that pick
0: for sure. I'll go for Cody Gapco, so we've got one pick each as well. Um go for it. Honestly, just go for it, will we'll be pretty good. So I'm going for my number nine and that's going to be Richie
1: Richardson from Brazil. Mm. The Samba boy. And uh, absolutely gutted that they didn't get to the... Uh, didn't beat Croatia, get to the kind of semis. But I think he kind of nursed a hamstring injury just before the warm-up and, and yeah. the game. And you can see it with the, the
0: way that he was playing as well. It wasn't the same for him.
1: Um, he wasn't playing. the same. He wasn't running. And it's kind of... It's a, it's a bit of a shame because obviously I know they, they, they're so passionate the way that they play. And you can see that the way that they will just... Uh, transiting teams the way through and yeah really gutted but again what a, what a tournament he's had and uh, again I can't I've, I've got to be happy because I know he's coming back to us and once he's injury free he'll uh, have a good second half the season so yeah m- much forward to looking forward to that yeah
0: definitely no it's fantastic to watch and to really appreciate as well um, Richarlison is someone who I'll be honest I don't particularly like him um, he's a very good FIFA player so if you, if you buy him on FIFA he's actually very very good <laughs> um, but no, it's a very good player to watch in this Brazil side, and I was one of those people when I, I've always argued it. To be fair, when you see players who are not really in a good team and then they go to a better team and they um, do really, really well, it's not really surprising. Like the the example I use all the time, uh, Moise KM, who was at Everton, then he goes to PSG on loan, then he starts scoring all for a season long loan spell, which was fantastic to see and to really appreciate, and then yeah. he then gets sold back to Juventus then he doesn't actually do well because they don't work for him as well. It just goes to show how bad um, people actually are in that kind of way, which is really, really annoying and really, really upsetting as well. Um, and that kind of in his way as well. Right. My last pick, again, we are, We are it, basically it is, it is a best of the rest type of six aside that we're doing. We are doing it and we're not doing it for the big names or the big players all the time as well. Like it could go for Neymar, could go for Richarlison, Messi, whoever. But I am going to go for, as my Argentinian striker, Julian Alvarez. I think has been an absolute joy to watch as well. Shout out Bukayo Saka and shout out Marcus Rashford. I do appreciate both of you. They were both immense players who did not get the respect that you deserved it. Uh, deserved it? Deserved. At the World Cup. Deserved it. My, my my English has left me. For um, my Spanish. Alvarez is someone who I actually... Ever since Man United were linked with him, I bought, I've said this a few times, if you don't know, I bought a River Plate kit because I thought Julian Alvarez would be like a future talented player. It's still in my drawer. I still wear it. It's perfectly fine. No way. The fact that he went to Man City, I was just like, oh, okay, cool. He'll be all right at Manchester City. He was all right at Manchester City and then he went to Argentina. Imagine growing up. Imagine growing up in, in Argentina and you get like a photo taken with Messi when you're a kid and then like 10 years down the line, you're starting up front in the World Cup semi-final with Lionel Messi to your side and he sets you up for a goal that is out of this world. He does all the hard work and all you do is tap it in. Imagine how Julian Alvarez must be feeling right now, man. The fact that he's going into a World Cup final with Lionel Messi. All, all the Argentina players, to be fair as well, you can you can look at it in that kind of way as well. They're all younger players than him, obviously. They've all probably grown up with him um, as their childhood hero and he's done it for them in the Copa America and is almost... One game away as well from doing it for them as well. And Julian Alvarez is a big, big factor into why Argentina are doing so amazing because Arturo Martinez has been awful this season for Inter Milan. It's been even worse oh, for yeah. Argentina. Yeah,
1: I don't think he's been the same since that injury. Um, oh, again, 100%. Just, yeah, just touching on your point with Argentina, you can see they're willing to die for that guy. And if he means they have to die just to get that World Cup trophy for him, they, they will do it. And uh, you can't take that away from them. Can, can you really?
0: No, you can't. If you're looking at it and you're looking at it from a, an objective point of view, it is outstanding. If you're looking at it from a biased point of view, as an Argentina fan, you're like, yeah, the, the fans will die for Messi. They'll do whatever they want. Even the reporter the other day saying, I hope you know how much you mean to the people of this world. Um, not just for Argentina, just of the football footballing world. And he's getting a bit emotional as well. And I'm just like, damn, I was like, excuse me, if you're looking at Messi as what is actually done for football, yeah it's unreal. And the fact that you're going to get this new generation of Argentinian talent coming through, Julian Alvarez uh, is amazing. And the worst thing is, Haaland's going to be scoring all the goals for Man City. And then if, they, if he doesn't score, he'll come off the bench. Julian Alvarez. Absolutely <laughs> insane. Times, man. Honestly, Ralph Ragnick wanted to buy Julian Alvarez, but Manchester United said no. And now we're in the mud looking for a new striker because Cristiano Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo is our left. And it makes no sense because Julian Alvarez, I bought him on career mode after. I was like, he's just a great player. You watch him for River Plate and I'd watch the River Plate highlights. I never would watch Argentinian football at all, but I enjoyed watching him play. It reminded me of when Neymar came through at Santos and you're watching Brazilian football just to watch Neymar. Same with Julian Alvarez. It happens and I really appreciate what he's done. And he's a fantastic player. I can't even hate on him to be fair. He's just a fantastic player to watch. And uh, I have to throw him into my side as well, which is great. So... um, I think we'll title this Six Aside World Cup Unsung Heroes. That's what we will title. I like that. For. Yeah, yeah, Let's do that. That's a nice title, yeah. That is a very nice title because otherwise people are like, oh, why didn't you pick this person, this person, this person? We have to go for Unsung Heroes and we'll go for Unsung <laughs> Heroes, which is very, very good. One one pick per nation. But nicely done there, Sookie. Um, I think we've got a very good joint team between us as well. When You're looking through the list as well. Very good team. Very good players. yeah.
1: I've got a popular like, formation going. I've got a 2-2-1. I've, I've,
0: right, I've, I've got I've got vibes FC, as you know, as well. Just literally just running <laughs> through 6 aside. side Just give it to Alvarez. Give it to Gapco. Let them play with the ball. It'll be good fun. Gondor and that little 6 to side goal will be quite funny as well, which will be quite enjoyable <laughs> as well. Um, but no, just before we move on to part two of the podcast, we were talking about a joint team of the tournament side as well. World Cup final preview. So, key. let's look at it from an objective point of view. France, realistically speaking... I personally think they're going to be the favourites with the experience that they've got, with the team that they've got as well. Um, a couple yeah. of players coming back from injury, which is great. There's rumours of Karim Benzema actually going to Qatar to be on the bench just in case they need. Um, Karim Benzema, big boy Benz. My boy Benz, he may be back on the bench. How how you feel about France's chances against Argentina? If you're looking at it from a, um, a Jets point of view as well, like from a bias point of view, I'm thinking Argentina could win this, but from objectively speaking, um, Mbappe's been probably the player of the tournament up there with Messi in my opinion. Yeah, no,
1: definitely. And I think with, with kind of when you look at France, it's kind of like looking at Real Madrid. They've got their own kind of Galacticos. Mm. And when you look at their kind of stack, they've got an A team, a B team and a C team. And at the moment, we're seeing a B and a crossover of a C team. And uh, and looking at that loophole, that Benzema might be back. It's even there scarier. But I think what you'll see in this game is Argentina being on the back foot and France really going for them. Yeah. Um, so expect to see kind of a lot of possession by France. But... Again, I think France have got the edge on them because they beat him 4-2 in the last World Cup. So I think they've got that mental edge over kind of Argentina. And obviously they can just turn it up when they need to. Obviously, I just hope that obviously from Argentina's point that they can defend for the for their lives for those 90 minutes. And I'm sure they will do. But again, I think with with the team, they do look a bit they look a bit leggy. They're a bit physically tired. I'm just hoping obviously they've got enough heart to kind of get her through. But again, when you look at France, it's just it's just like a really galactical team, isn't it? So it's we
0: really spoke about play. we spoke about many being amazing before um two weeks ago when you did the podcast as well. And many games have happened since then. He's knocked us out the World Cup, he's been amazing against Morocco as well. Probably played every game of this tournament so far for France as well. I remember he played against Tunisia. Realistically speaking, though, even when Pogba's fit, when Kante's fit, they have to get many out of the team because of how well he's played <laughs> in the tournament. And they have to get rid of Antoine Griezmann again because He's had, the, he's had a better tournament than I've ever seen him play, probably since 2016 when he was like the main main man in a, as a striker uh, for France. But now he's like proper box-to-box, rugged midfielder, running the show against England. These two players, Schumeni and Griezmann, against that midfield four of Argentina, I genuinely think, even if Rabiot is back as well, I genuinely think that it's going to be a really tough time for this Argentina side as well. They will look to slow the game down. They will look to um, break up play as much as possible as well. But they haven't faced a midfield just as good as this Argentina side No, this, this France side has ever put across, really. Yeah, tongue-tied, but you know what I mean. This France yeah, side yeah. is the best side that Argentina have faced in this tournament, bar none. And it's going to be fun to see how this midfield does as well. How about from a, def- a defensive point of view for France against Lino Messi and Julian Alvarez as well? Because I would I would assume they're going to stick with that formation of 4-4-2. Just, maybe, I, a, maybe a 3-5-2 like they did against Netherlands because it worked really well for them. Having... At the back, there's Andre Martin as left center back as well. And then, yeah, you're yeah. allowing Molina and you're allowing Acuna to actually break forward as wing backs as well. And obviously, that's how he scored as well against that. Exactly,
1: uh-huh. yeah. And I think that, that that was the assist Messi made to Molina. Molina scored that goal against Holland. Um, yeah. But when you look at it, I think that probably is their best formation to play. And I would actually play that against France. Yeah. And um, if I was France, I think from a defensive point, they ain't really got to worry because the way that Argentina are going to sit so deep and just hope for a counter attack. And then hopefully that the runners get up there. I think you'll see in the first the first half it will just be purely France just going for it. Um, and if I was them, if I was France, again you'd hope Griezmann gets into those kind of gaps, those kind of holes, pass the ball on the wings, and Dembele and Mbappe get those crosses into Giroud. Because you've always got the option to kind of whack it into the box, or you could just play it kind of one-two within the kind of the, the kind of final area. But the yeah, it's. Yeah, I think in, in, yeah. When you look at it, that final third, France, France have got the killers.
0: Mm.
1: When you look at Argentina, it doesn't look as it looks a bit more friendly than rather have, than kind you of. You have two killers. You have one extraordinary killer.
0: Yeah, but I think
1: Alvarez. we we, we we've, got, we've got to think the way that the way that Argentina played that game they were against Croatia. That that goal that Julian Alvarez scored very lucky on the ricochets, by the way. Mm. And and obviously don't get wrong, he banked on it. That's what a striker should do. And obviously when he won the penalty, he had the instinct to do it. I just don't think
0: France will give him those opportunities. I um, think with too many being there as well, it will set the tone quite a lot as well. Because when I'm looking at this defense, I'm looking at it from when we played against them as well. Yeah. Saka just ran the show against Hernandez. Kane was taking Upper up Meccano for a ride as well. If they stick with Kanate, fair enough, it's great because Upper clearly doesn't deserve to get back in after Kanate's performance yesterday as well. But Theo Hernandez, he was taken for a ride. Even yesterday against Ziyech. He at times, he, he had to show his aggression against Ziyech as well. And it worked really well for him. He got back into it. But against Saka, he couldn't do it properly as well. He probably should concede that that foul against Saka before their first goal. But like you said, Molina being one of their unsung heroes in, in the World Cup so far as well, he could be taking Molina for a ride as well. And it would obviously mean having three at the back looking to nullify fight. Mbappe, Giroud and Dembele, who Dembele deserves a shout out as well because he's normally injured all the time. You barely <laughs> get to see him play as well. It's true. 2018, yeah, he played like one or two games and he was just on the bench for the rest of them because he couldn't he couldn't handle it, which is really yeah, annoying yeah. to see just coming off the bench. And that was at a time when, remember, there's only three subs allowed as well. So he really, really didn't get much um, for it as well. But he's been fantastic in this tournament as well. It's just with Gerudo and Mbappe getting the highlights for the goals and assists. Griezmann for running the show in midfield with too many. De deserves his flowers as well. I definitely think he'll have a very big part to say in this game as well. That's why I think it would be a really good to see Argentina play with a back three midfield five, let Fernandez and McAllister run free with De Paul in the middle of the park as well. And wing backs go high as well. And then let Messi do whatever he wants because it's working so well for him as well. And I said it yesterday um, on the stream of footy culture, the fact that this Argentina side has actually been um, worked to work, it's been bent to Lionel Messi's will in a way, when you're looking at it, you're having mm-hmm. these big players like Paredes, Dybala, like Di Maria staying on the bench, Martinez on the bench because it's Messi's way with Scaloni or no way. And when you're seeing Messi's way, it works so well for Argentina. We've seen the Argentina way in 2018, knocked out to France in the quarterfinals. The World Cup finals, 2014, get knocked out in the final by Mario Götze, 2010, losing to Germany again, I think in the quarterfinals in uh, Cape Town, I think it was. And it just, just doesn't happen for them. But it happens for him. It happens for Lionel Messi. That's why I'm kind of objectively thinking... One more game for Lionel Messi. It would be just the dream to see how well he would do. It would be amazing. I've got a question for you for that one, Hams. So mm. if he wins, if he says
1: theoretically, he now wins the World Cup. Yeah. Does that give him the goal status over Ronaldo then?
0: Yeah, I would yeah. say so. You you can't argue against it. You can argue against Ronaldo's Champions League. You can argue against the goals that he scored, but Messi scored more goals. He's made more assists. He's done so well in the Spanish league. He's done so well internationally with that Cop America and the World Cup he's covered all the bases and all people's argument would then be was oh he didn't do it in different leagues he didn't do it in tougher leagues but that's not always up to the player's choice if he wants to stay in Spain he wants to stay in Spain and that's what he's done you can't argue against history about what he's done Ronaldo's had some very poor decisions since he's left Real Madrid in my opinion Juventus didn't really look after him that well. Man United didn't really look after him that well. He didn't look after himself really well uh, for Manchester United as well. He's listened to the wrong people, in my opinion. In how badly his he thinks he's still at it. Again, greatness comes in different shapes and forms, and he's always going to be one of the greatest players of all time, Ronaldo. But you can't keep going on about this. And is is as a Man United fan, and there's lots of Man United fans have seen, they've gone on about how he's become like a more of a villain now Like he's, he's trying to take on the managers he's trying to take on the players he's trying to take on things and go oh yeah but I've always loved the fans the fans always love me we care about the club we don't care about the player it, it may look different on social media but the match going fans will always care about the club more than they care about the player I remember going to the Aston Villa game in the League Cup I went with my wife and um, she went to see Ronaldo and then he wasn't on the team sheet or on the bench and I was like good you'll see Man play a really good game of football And we did, we won 4-2. We had a fantastic day out. It was a fantastic to watch and we did really well. Prime example, watching us against Real Sociedad with Ronaldo up top, not running, not chasing, not working, not motivating his team, shouting down at the players that are shooting instead of passing it to him as well. Did that against Wolves last season as well, um, at home as well. And we lost 1-0 to Wolves at the same time. These are things you you remember as a match-growing fan and you remember how bad Ronaldo can be, but you also remember how great he can be as well. But unfortunately, that's the kind of side coming out of him that unfortunately we don't really get to appreciate people will agree and disagree with me all, all they want which is fine but this is just my thoughts and my opinion on it as well um like Ronaldo as much as as, as great as he is where is he actually going to go if he goes to Real Madrid on a free great if he goes to somewhere on a free that's great but he has to realize he's not the main man anymore he has to take time on the bench he has to realize that he has to try and find a new way a new lease of life because everyone has to at this time of their age Zlatan so did it Rudy did it um, they did really well in that kind of way as well but it just it is what it is really
1: I mean when you got to play with Maguire I, I, I'd give him benefit of the doubt on that one
0: that's all you that's all you got from that conversation <laughs> Maguire come on now mate the
1: the Real Sociedad was a bad example man because mate the way that Ten Hag just grabbed Maguire just smashed him up front and just tried to hope for the best to get that one goal it, it shows that we need a
0: striker though. So it's, it, it, Bad,
1: it's good. badly. I mean, I mean, you've been crying out for a stri- look. Even Ragnik said you needed a striker,
0: Julian family. Alvarez last year, December. I told you <laughs> that's literally what he wanted. Did the board get him for him? No, they didn't.
1: They're like, Oh, hey, we've, listen, got the just Ram, get, we've got just get someone on loan in it. Just get someone on loan for the next six months. Another Henrik yep. Larson. We'll get Richarlison on loan. That would work really
0: well. Oh, no chance, mate. I, I think with the sale of Man United coming through, we'll look to buy someone in January. I, I would hope. I would hope we'd look to buy someone in January. It'd be quite good to see how it goes. Um, but yeah, last preview from you. Uh, France versus Argentina. How's it looking for you from a tactical point of view? We've spoken about tactics, to be fair. Just objectively, how do you think it's going to go? Yeah, I think, I think, again, yeah, I think France will probably take the front foot. Mm. Uh, I think
1: Argentina will obviously sit on the, the defensive side. But I think um, sometimes it can work, sometimes it can't. But I think if, if if Argentina go down 1-0 down by the 45 minutes, then they're going to have to start kind of opening up the valves of the teams, start moving forward. And i see that opens those gaps up for Mbappe and Dembele to get in behind. And I think that could then cause even more havoc. And then you'll see kind of France running away with it. And I think just on that, I probably will go for a prediction as well at the same time. Uh, I could see France winning it 3-1. Um, and I think that probably might happen where they sneak in a goal in the first 20 minutes and then that kind of make opens up Argentina in those gaps. And then you'll see France kind of exposing them. Um, so yeah, I can see uh, a comfortable France win
0: here. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win in extra time for France. Um, realistically speaking, like me and the guys on the podcast, uh, me, Salim Hill, and Safiyan, we've been having our own little prediction game. Um, yeah. three, three points for the exact scoreline two points for the first goal scorer one point for the correct result I'm winning by four points now with two games left obviously the third place game and then now the World Cup final um, I genuinely think France will win I think France will win this game 2-1 in extra time I think the fact that Argentina as well haven't faced a side like France just yet in this tournament Netherlands with all due respect as still a young team coming up as well um, yeah. realistically speaking I genuinely think that this mbappe Griezmann. Giroud, Dembele front four is the best attack in this tournament and it has been for quite a while because we've spoken about them before. We've spoken about how well they haven't um, they ha- they- dealt with the-, the teams that they've got in the way. And it's the World Cup. You can only deal with what you have in front and they have, which is great. And it goes to show that even with the players that they've got injured, Kante, Pogba, Nkunku, Benzema, hopefully he comes back. It would be great to see him win a World Cup as well, Karim Benzema. He will get a medal because he's in the squad still as well. That's the, that's the craziest thing for not actually doing anything, Karim Benzema. <laughs> um, it's true. Um, but that's how I kind of see it to be fair as well. I think Argentina, the world probably wants Argentina to win for Lionel Messi. But yeah. objectively speaking, if I look at I think France have the stronger team. I think they'll do it over 120 minutes as well. And realistically speaking, um, if France scored first, it would be a very long day for Argentina. Because when you're looking at Argentina, I've noticed this in games that when they score first, they're a lot more vulnerable to uh, conceding a goal. They did it against, I think, Australia when they were two no-up. And they didn't need to be two no-up because of that stupid defence. The, the goalkeeper error, I should say, as well. It could have gone to extra time. Netherlands, same thing. Conceding two. That last-minute set piece from Netherlands conceding as well, which is crazy. And then Croatia. Croatia could have scored two when it was 1-0 um, to Argentina they didn't finish it I didn't go for them as well but it is what it is and I generally think it will be a fantastic game to watch on Sunday which will be really really good which will be good fun as well um, one last thing before I wrap up with you uh, on this part of the podcast okay as well what's been your favourite moment of the World Cup? Uh,
1: favourite moment?
0: Mm.
1: Ooh, probably the fans I'd say the fans I think from what we've seen around the kind of, the, the kind of you, you can see these TV presenters coming up with all this kind of political correctness around it. Mm. I think if you take that out and you just focus on the fans that have actually about to kind of travel all the way down to, to the Middle East, nowhere that they've been before, and kind of engage into the culture, see something different in the world, a different perspective to where that life's lived over there as well. And, and I think an interesting stat which we saw today, there was no fans that are arrested from England or Wales, which is a first
0: <laughs> say no to alcohol. That's what happens when you say exactly. no to alcohol.
1: <laughs> I think when you when you ain't got the snow blowing, you ain't got the 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 pints, and that. I think it's a it's a much smoother kind of enjoyable kind of uh, kind of enjoyment of the entertainment of sports. But I, I had that debate the- as
0: well before as well because people have always gone. Hamza, have you? How have you gone to games and you've not drunk alcohol? It's like, mm, I just don't. I will just drink water or you, something. A, a lot of
1: people don't. To be fair, a lot of yeah. people don't. You know, especially
0: yeah. people like driving up and down the country and they're driving like two, three other fans as well they're not drinking because they have to obviously be responsible on the road at the same time but it goes to show that you don't a lot of people who have learned from this tournament you don't actually need alcohol to enjoy yourself to watch football unless you support someone like Birmingham City or you support someone like <laughs> Yeah, you know you know what I mean you honestly know what I mean when you're looking at someone like Walsall Football Club for example as well um, yeah or you're looking at Wolverhampton Wanderers. Like, I'm just talking about West Midlands teams now as well. Because when you're seeing like the Bank Stadium, and like for me, I'm saying this from experience. When you're see when you're driving through these places at like five o'clock after a match day on League One, League Two Championship, Aston Villa as well, for example, as well. Salem will hear this bit as well. Yeah. And it just stinks of alcohol and you're seeing people argue on the train and you're seeing just gen- the general public being affected in that kind of whistle. Again, just speaking from experience. It, for Man yeah. United, you see drunk fans all the time and I just like zone them out, which is fine. But when you're in different places and you're like, as a pedestrian driving through, you're just like, come on now. like These are like women and children. I remember one time walking, walking through Birmingham City Centre after Birmingham played and there's some Birmingham fans and I think they're playing against Coventry or something like that as well. A Birmingham fan hit a wife hit someone's wife and a child and people were cheering and you're like what are you doing no way 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 this is on broad street yeah
2: Yeah,
0: and you're just like this again i'm not attacking people from birmingham i'm just saying because i've lived in birmingham for a good number of years i know what it's like when you're just like as as a normal civilian citizen just going through these places and it's not nice it really isn't nice at all so this is for not just people in Birmingham, for a lot of people watching as well, and for people listening as well. You <laughs> it was don't a bit <laughs> You don't need to enjoy yourself just by drinking alcohol as well. So, for people from Walsall, from Birmingham, from wherever in the West Midlands, it's not an attack on you. It's an attack on everyone, and it is what it is. Just
1: nah, take um, my advice. If it's the big games when you're playing against Arsenal, then fair enough. But when it comes to like games when you're playing against Leeds or freaking, I don't know Huddersfield and Bournemouth. Shit. Or Bournemouth it doesn't really count does it unless it's an away day fair enough but yeah there's, there's away there's days
0: are when you get to enjoy it if you're being travel, if you're being taken there and back that's the kind of thing where it works really well if you're taking yeah. public transport but I remember so many people like one of my old managers used to say ah oh, there's one time that um, Wolves beat Liverpool and it was one of the greatest nights of my life I was like oh really what because you beat it's like no because I couldn't remember what happened I don't know how I got back home I was like, you what? I was like, you literally didn't know how you got back home. And you don't remember the night. I was like, no, it's still one of the greatest nights of my life, though. Crazy. I am. You'd yeah. be surprised, The
1: amount of times i have been casino and I'm, I've won like 400 quid just mm. on those nights where I don't remember. Sometimes it can work in
0: your favor, sometimes it doesn't. So,
1: yeah.
0: I'll, I'll ask you to do, to, to do a halal bet for me as well. And you can, you can donate the proceeds <laughs> to charity. I already, I already lost one in Japan from Morocco yesterday. So I remember. That's why I, like, do I was like, don't do it. I was like, don't do it. So many people are doing it. But I was like, nah, no, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> No, the fans at the World Cup have been great. One one more last favourite moment for me as well is just seeing the fact that it's not all European superiority and um, South American superiority as well. Granted, there is a European team and a South American team in the final, but no one expected an African team to hit the semi-final. And if they did, they didn't think it was Morocco. They probably thought it would be Senegal for being the uh, African Cup of Nations champions as well. And it kind of goes to show a lot of people out there do not do their research on these international teams because they just assume they're not going to be good Japan were very good to watch South Korea were very good to watch unfortunately for me Australia were very good to watch as well they were they were a pretty decent team to watch Australia obviously qualifying through the group stages and obviously Morocco were fantastic as well Cameroon and Senegal uh, had some injuries as well I miss Sadio Manet's World Cup it would have been amazing to see him but um, shout out to the teams from Africa from the CONCACAF as well and from the Asian region at the same time as well it's been great to see the proper World Cup and a lot of people were complaining, oh yeah, it should just be South American teams doing well when Uruguay did crap. We did not mention Uruguay once and they were crap this tournament. Um, kind of goes to show how well they did South Korea in that group of death in Group H as well. But yeah, I was really happy to see Luis Suarez cry. That was one of my favourite moments of the <laughs> World Cup. And that's that's a good way to end as part of the podcast. Stick around for part two where we discuss the team of the tournament debate. It was a team of the tournament one player per nation debate. Uh, Suki, thanks for your time. As always, my friend, I'll see you soon. And we'll see you on the next podcast. See you later. Take care. Peace out, go. Take care. For some people, this is their first ever World Cup. so It's been crazy to actually learn how it felt for them. For some people, it's their fourth or fifth, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And if it goes down as one of the best ever World Cups for some people, it might do. For some people, it's just another World Cup. But before we get into this episode, and well, into this topic, I should say, I'm just going to introduce our guests. So, um, Kyle, if you're able to introduce yourself to the audience, as we have seen you before, on a video um, that has yet to be released yet but Carla if you're okay to introduce yourself to everyone that would be fantastic uh, yeah
2: so um, I'm a football coach I coach for a few few different teams few different places so I work for uh, Manchester United Foundation I work for Oldham Athletics Community Trust I coach Oldham ath- uh, Athletic Girls under 13s, I coach at Wally Range under eights, and um, there was another one in there somewhere but um, yeah so I work at schools as well I do some PE teaching coach for a few years now and alongside you I'm on the UCFB course and absolutely love it that's a brief interview to me like to keep myself busy definitely. (laughs)
0: Uh, You wouldn't know it from his accent but yeah he's definitely based in the northwest of England and it's very (laughs) good to have you on the podcast Carl. which is good. Um, Dan you're back again two weeks in a row you're becoming quite a regular how you been?
3: Yeah I'm enjoying it thank you mate
0: yeah I enjoyed listening to the one back last week as well Ah, so. I appreciate it. It was really nice to hear your thoughts. Despite England losing, it was really nice to hear your thoughts and to have a that brief optimism that we had of England actually beating France, but it wasn't the case. Eternal optimism, Internal optimism, Hamza. Internal optimism. You you spread it across everyone who was listening <laughs> as well, which is great. Very infectious in that way, which is great. My in-laws were listening to that podcast as well with me when I was driving with them and they're like, oh, this is, this is a nice conversation. Wow, oh, that's really cool. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. much. They appreciated it, which is good. Um, But yeah, down to business today. Um, The three of us are going to make a joint World Cup team of the tournament. And the theme for this one, uh, along with the one that we'll be doing um, later in the podcast, is we can only pick one player per nation. So we can't go hard on Argentina. We can't go hard on France or England. Daniel, I'm looking at you. I'm going for sure. I've uh, I've
3: had to rewrite mine, Hamza. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I didn't even, I, I know for a fact we weren't right as how we wanted it to, to be done. So it's going to be crazy how we fit all of these kind of teams and these players in at the same time, which is great. Cause you have to always think about the players in the group stages as well that made an impression that, that didn't actually get through to the knockout stages and how we fit them in. Um, which will be fun, which will be really, really fun indeed. Um, but yeah, let me start sharing my screen. I'm going to share my screen. So the three of you can help join in with planning this team. And we're going to start from back to front. So for everyone listening, we've got a little screen on uh, where we're going to be talking about literally um, the team of the tournament. So I'm starting in goal. Dan, let's start with you, actually. You start with us as what kind of goalkeeper or which goalkeeper do you want to pick? And remember, if you pick this player, you can't pick anyone else from their nation. So if you're going for Morocco, picking Bono, you can't pick Hakimi, you can't pick Ziyech. If you're going for Wojciech Shezni, you can't pick Lewandowski, you can't pick... Um, the Croatian goalkeeper, et cetera, et cetera. Let's start with you, Dad. Who are we going for? I think I'm going to go with Chesney. Do you think that's the safer bet?
3: I, I think I am. Yeah, I think that's I'm going it. to go with Chesney.
0: Wojciech Carl. What have you enjoyed from Wojciech Chesney in the World Cup so far? Uh, well, I think he,
2: what I love is he just gets better with better with age. A lot of keepers. Cause, I mean, he was good. I really liked him for Arsenal. I used to watch Arsenal back then. I think he was good then. It goes away, and you think people are just going to drop off and slowly die out like uh, in their career and I, I just think he's got better and better I think he's doing fantastic for his club and, uh, in the World Cup I think he's been brilliant and it's exactly the, the choice I got there and I, it was out of him for me it was out of him and Courtois I don't think Belgium were uh, very impressive yeah. but I think I have gone with Chesney of the Courtois as well that's a solid shout as well you know
0: yeah because literally Courtois was probably Belgium's best player in that tournament so far yeah literally, literally yeah. him and probably if you want to throw a push on it, Onana, he was good for two games, but besides that, he was not very yeah. good. But we don't need to pick anyone else from, from uh, Poland now, because what have got Wojciech His save against uh, Lionel Messi was iconic for me. He's definitely a shining light in Poland's yeah. uh, World Cup run as well. And the fact that Robin Lewandowski finally got his World Cup goals, and he did pretty well in that group stage just to get them through um, in that kind of way as well. So nicely done, good pick. And I am agreeing with the both of you as well that Wojciech Czajmi has, has to be in this joint World Cup side as well. Um, let's go for by the way, Dan, are you happy with this little four three three formation that we've got?
3: I think so. I think if it's, it's funny you say that. We had a bit of a debate going yesterday, a couple of us, and we always say when you when you pick these best elevens, it's always a four-three-three.
0: It's trying it's trying to get everyone kind of in, in that kind of way. You've got your attack midfield, you've got your defensive midfielder, you got your number eight, you've got your striker, you've got your yeah. two wings, you've got your two full backs. When I do mine, me being me, I do free, for free. I just go for three centre-backs in an all-out attack. It's, it's yeah. quite, it's quite that's aggressive. That's how I do my dream team to be honest. So I get all your points. Yeah, fantasy football is definitely that, like that with me. More points for the midfielders, which is great. Um, yeah, definitely. Let's go for Kyle at right-back. Who's going to be your number one right-back? Because right-backs, as we all know, have been the biggest topic in this country for <laughs> any position. Has been great, which has been crazy. But when you're looking, looking at world football, looking at someone like João Cancelo being dropped for Portugal, you're looking at Hakimi doing amazing for um, for Morocco as well, potentially one of the stars of the tournament. Carl Walker had a really good tournament. You can't even deny that at all. Um, who are we going to go for, Carl? Who who are you thinking? Who's your first pick? Uh, well, you just mentioned
2: literally the players I was debating um, putting through. But again, it's, this modern country keeps coming into your head, and you're like, oh. What can I get away with? But um, I'm actually going to go with one outside of those three that you just mentioned, those two that you just mentioned. Um, I'm going to go with Dumfries because he was so impressive by Holland. What a player. He, he was so effective. And I remember, I watched a few Holland games. I just think he, he, every time I watched him, he did something positive or he got out of a tight area. I think what a player to watch.
0: Ah, uh, you know what? I'm wearing my Holland jumper now, as you can see. I can see that. <laughs> I'm wearing my Johan Cruyff jumper. Um, I had someone else in mind for the Netherlands, but Dan, let's hear your thoughts on Daniel Denzel Dumfries. You, did you have anyone else in mind for your right back? Because I would no, happily go for Denzel Dumfries, but I want to see who Dan.
3: So back. would I. To be fair, I've only watched one of the Holland games, and I, I'd agree. I think he was a standout. Really, everything he did seemed quite positive. I think you can get a bit caught, can't you, with right backs on mm. what they do going forwards because mm. that's the flashy stuff. But he never looked, never looked troubled. To be fair, I can't remember which game it was. I watched now. It was one of the group games. Um, The one against Qatar, where they basically just obliterated Qatar? Or was it the uh, Senegal one? It might have been. It was the Senegal one, because I thought he, he looked quite good defensively as well. Yep. With, uh, obviously, the Qatar game weren't really challenged. Mine would have been Hakimi, purely because I forgot about Dumfries, to be honest with you.
0: Mine mine would have been Hakimi. Um, but I can only assume carl has gone for Dumfries at right-back, because he has someone else in mind for Morocco later on is that what you're going for
2: yeah uh, yeah definitely and the, but there was a, one of the players I was debating for Holland which I'm pretty sure we'll be, we'll be on about the same person we'll get to that later mm. um, but I, I think for me Dumfries performed well in a it's quite tough defensively in Holland like they they face quite a lot towards the latter stage of the group so it's like mm. but I, I think Dumfries impressed me more and he's a bit more of an underdog Hakimi I've kind of expected you know, but it so that, that's what swayed me, I think.
0: That's okay. I'll happily go with you, Carl, on this one. I think we're all in kind of respective agreement that Denzel Dumfries makes it yeah. for the Netherlands and for our right-back as well. Oh, God, yeah, it's me. It's, it's, it's me at um, centre-back, so this will be quite fun. Nah. Centre-backs, um, one of them I had for Croatia, Gavardio, has. we all kind of saw, has had a fantastic tournament. But his game against Argentina made him look very ordinary against the likes of Julian Alvarez mm. and Lionel Messi so I may leave left centre back to someone else right centre back um, this is just me personally but I'm not sure how you guys are going to react to this because it means you have to leave the whole nation out after this I'm going to go for John Stones as my centre back even though if it means leaving out Bellingham leaving out Saka again you yeah, can disagree Bellingham. with you. Bellingham was in
3: my centre midfield spot.
0: Right, so. let's let's discuss centre backs then, who's had a really good oh, tournament. Go we can't talk about the Netherlands <laughs> anymore. We can't talk about Poland. Yeah. I, I genuinely thought we did we did quite well um from our defensive points of view as well. I was even considering Luke Shaw for left back as well, which is crazy. Yeah. But I'm looking at some of these centre backs. So I'm looking at obviously Varane, I'm looking at someone like um even Christian Romero's been decent, Otto Mendy's been decent. Roman Saiz has been decent, but you don't want to use them up straight away. So I'm like, if we are guaranteeing Bellingham in this midfield for it for, for England, then I get we have to save England for later. But how do we yeah. fit a centre back into this kind of team now? This is crazy. Yeah. So I've I've um I've gone with someone that we haven't mentioned. I think I've gone with
2: uh, Guardiola as as my left centre back. I know he had that one game a bit, but you know he's he's very young and he's good, uh, great, great talent. So I think he's shown his class enough for me to put him in the start of eleven. And I kind of took a hit on the other centre back. I think he played well. He's an exciting centre back. I think he did play well. But in terms of outstanding, I couldn't go with England I couldn't go in because I've, I've also got Bellingham in my team. I think he's just been mm. stunning. Um, but I went with uh, a Mail for. I don't know if that's a uh, you pronounce it now for Denmark. So I think or,
0: Joaquin Mailer. Ma- plays left back. He doesn't play centre back. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. So, I
2: like to mix that up a little bit because I've gone with another left back. So, it's I've cheated a little bit in defenders. That's why I've taken a hit.
0: I think um, we can all agree Gavardio gets into this team, right? He definitely gets. Yeah, yeah. I've gone with that one. Yeah. That's fine. Right. Let's go. Let's figure out who this next center back can be. So, we've got Croatia. We've got Poland. We've got. um, Yeah. Yeah. We've got Netherlands as well. Who can we look at? We can't look at. The defense can't look at Mexico, can we? Um, Marquinhos. Marquinhos, I'm, I'm thinking of someone in midfield for, for defence. For Actually, you know what? That's, that's actually a really good shout. Because realistically speaking, Brazil didn't concede that many goals in the tournament. Yeah, but I it's, think. it's just for Brazil, I did have Casemiro in my team.
2: See, you could put him there, but you could, you could switch it up a little bit.
0: I think yeah. there's more options in midfield that we can take yeah. out Casemiro so, and we can put Marquinhos yeah. in there.
2: So I thought of Chouinard sure many for France because he was defensive and he played very well um,
0: all round. But there was another French player that impressed me so. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. We may have to save it for later. But um, for Brazil, obviously uh, they're a really good tournament up until the course of finals, losing to uh, Croatia on penalties. Um, one centre back that I actually know, I might not go for him at centre back. I was thinking of the Japan team when you're looking at the Japan team and how well they did. I thought they were pretty good to go for as well.
2: Yeah, I'd take that. Yoshida, considering his age. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic player.
0: Even for Portugal as well, Pepe, he was immense as well. Ruben D, uh, Pepe was really good. Yeah.
2: yeah, definitely he was, to be fair. It's, it's
0: You've shown a lot of, although there's a lot of young
2: talent at this World Cup, the experience that has certainly shone through on those big teams.
0: Absolutely. And you have to always remember as well, this is the last time we're going to see a lot of these players at a World Cup, mm. which is which is quite crazy to see. Um, who are we gonna go for? Yoshida. We're gonna go for um, Pepe. We're gonna go for Marquinhos. Who are we gonna go for?
3: I could, I could get behind Pepe. I think I could, I could get yeah.
0: behind that one. Oh, yeah, no. the only the thing the with Pepe, thing got, I, I have Bruno Fernandes. Yeah,
2: I've I've got another uh, Portuguese player who really impressed me personally. I don't, don't know what his stats were, God knows, but I know he's impressed me fantastically. Yeah.
0: I'm definitely not going for a so Spanish it's... defender because they weren't great at all. <laughs> they definitely... What about Tommy Aso as well? Another Japanese one. Yeah, that's for Tommy Asso. I will just trying to name them. You've got Nagatomo, who's good at left back as well. You've got Yamaguchi, yeah. who was very good in the tournament as well.
2: I think Japan were very good defensively. Like, I think were was like, even the, the, the team, where the, the game where they dragged across Spain, they, it weren't just the attacking that was so impressive. Like, to get that counter attack, they had to be solid defensively. And I think yeah. Japan really showed that.
0: I think, I'll go, I think I'll, for that reason as well, because they did beat Germany, they did beat Spain, and they did very well in the group stages to finish top of their group as well. I'll happily go for Maya Yoshida in this one. I'll happily go for Maya Yoshida. No, I'm, I'm yeah. happy to back that. I'm you happy to for the
2: rest of the team as well. Yeah, because we've still got Portugal and Brazil to uh, go through.
0: Definitely. Uh, so, yeah, just to round up for everyone listening, we've got Wojciech Szczesny in goal, Denzel Dumfries right back, Maya Yoshida and Gavardio... Uh, at centre-back as well. Remember, there is one nation per uh, per player, so we're not going to be choosing so many... Uh, we're not going to be choosing so many different uh, players from the same nation. It's one player per nation. Uh, Kyle, talk to us about left-back. Who are you thinking that you've got for your left-back as well? Because there are some really good choices for this one. Yeah. I mentioned earlier as well how good I thought Luke Shaw was in this tournament because he was just a solid seven, eight, nine, 7-8 out of 10, I would say, um, per game as well. But who are we kind of going for at left-back?
2: Um, to be fair, I was I was looking through it, and there's not many the underrated teams. I don't think there was many like impressive left backs. Like these are all. This was going to be a big hitter either way for me because I was looking at France with Theo Hernandez. I was looking yeah. at. I mean, I was even putting at thinking of uh, Alfonso. I mean, Alfonso Davis was probably the biggest show for me because he he did play well. You kind of expected it, but for me, it's like a safe option because there's no one else from Canada that really struck me. So, and the I thing Alphonso with Alfonso Davis,
0: he played as a right back. No, He plays as a right mid, a center mid, yeah. a left wing, and a left back all in those three games. Yeah. So he was everywhere, which yeah, is a exactly.
2: very, better start by.
0: Mm. Let's have a look. I'm trying to think who we had because we had quite a few different games in this one as well. There's some teams playing left back and left wing back. Like, even yeah. for example, Perisic was pretty good sometimes as a left mid or a left back, so he was all over the gap. Which was crazy. Yeah. see. but I think um,
2: Nuno Mendes was another big show for me we for Portugal because he played
0: fantastic. He was fantastic until he got injured, which is really, really, yeah. annoying. I really hated how he got um, injured in that kind of way as well. Dan, who are you kind of thinking for a left back? Who have we kind of got?
3: Kyle's just mentioned one there that I completely forgot about the Alfonso Davies one. Mm. Uh, is a solid shout because I think it leaves Luke Shaw's not a bad not a bad shout. Um, I think I'd back the Alfonso Davis one purely so it leaves us a few big hitters for midfield,
2: a bit further forward. Yeah. That's gonna be a harsh conversation. It's attack the midfield. That's the oh, no, uh, I that's the big one. I didn't hitters. really
3: watch many. I've watched one of Canada's games. Um so i am not really to watch many of them to base it off. Uh, Theo Hernandez was the one rolling around, but then it's Chermeny's had a good tournament as well, Mbappe. So you don't really wanna you don't really wanna tie France, do you? No. Uh, that's what I was kind of thinking because you're looking at... Um,
0: you don't want to peak at, too soon. You don't want to peak too soon and you don't want to use one of these players up straight away as well. Like for me personally, when I was looking at uh, left-backs, literally, because I don't want to just... Uh, me being me, I, I, I think there's so many choices in midfield that we don't have to go for. Like there's so many nations that like we can't pick Modric anymore, remember? We can't pick him at all. We can't pick someone like um, Cody Gatko because we've used the Netherlands up as well, which is crazy yeah. But we kind of have to go methodically in this kind of way. We can't pick a Japanese player anymore. We're saving yeah. our Moroccan player for wherever we're kind of, kind of, kind of going to agree um, the most as well. Because that's the thing. Hakimi played right back, but he could play left back, which ain't great. Yeah. I was thinking of Nathan Ake was pretty good and Lady Bin was pretty good as well. Yeah. We can't go for an Argentine yeah. side as well. We can't go for... It's literally... yeah, It's, it's difficult. Because even for me, this is just me. We could change the formation. Oh my god, I said it. We could change the formation as well. <laughs> <I said it. laughs> back three. If you had three centre backs and then just a three four three, it it would work really really well. I would say. Yeah, I'm. I'm I mean, I'm happy
2: to do that because it, with the midfield, I was toying around, sorry, players just sitting there thinking.
0: We're uh, we're um, going to leave out so many different people as well from this. From yeah, this. we are. Oh yeah, yeah. I might have. I might have one. <laughs> who Who have you got left back? Who have you got?
3: Uh. I, just want to, I want to clarify before they actually... <laughs> nah, leave it. Who was it? Oh, no, you've got to
2: say it now. You've got to say it now. Nah. You've got to say it. I was going mm, no. to say, if, when,
3: if we wasn't going to throw a another Spanish player in there, I was going to go down the line of Alba. I'll be dead honest, I didn't watch any of the Spain games, so... I'm not going to... Yeah. I can't really well, back that the watch.
0: <laughs> Jordi Alba weren't bad. He definitely wasn't yeah. bad. It's just... Um, how how I'm kind of thinking about it as well is... Jord- yeah, Jordi Alba wasn't bad. I'm not going to lie. He, he was not yeah. bad at all in the games that he played in, in the World Cup. It's just... You're not really thinking of putting Pedri Gavi, and Busquets in. Well, I'm certainly not. I'm looking, not looking That's at not- putting any of their attackers in. If he no. had to use a Spanish player... Jordi Alba or Alfonso Davies, and remember, Alfonso Davies played as an attacker in all three of the games, mm. so he wasn't even playing left back in these games as well. I know that's a yeah. natural position, but he wasn't really playing. So, so throw yeah. a Spanish player in, I wouldn't mind because I don't think personally. This is just me. I don't think we're going to fit a German player in this in the side. I don't think there's going to yeah, be a German team.
2: with the with the three in the midfield. I've got a show for for the German player.
0: Yeah, I, I know who you're thinking of, which is good. He, he was a, he had a very good... I, season, I think I know who you're thinking yeah. of, Kyle. Yeah. But, um,
2: and, and to be fair, another left-back show. I think if they did better, he would be up there and I think he'd be a lot more noticed. It was Neko Williams. The game against us, he was fantastic. He, he's a very strong battler and he always looked like he was going to grab an assist. So That's just another honourable mention for left-back.
0: That is true. That is very true. I think what we have to do, and this is just me, I think we have to go for Joachim Mailer the Denmark left back that like Carl mentioned earlier. He was pretty good in this tournament, despite them yeah. getting knocked out as well. I would back yeah. Joachim Mela or I'd back yeah, Joachim Melo or Jordi Alba for me. That's that's how I'm going for it.
2: yeah I'm happy but with some good shots there yeah I'm I'm happy I'm happy with either of those
0: definitely Joachim um, yeah who are we gonna go for Joachim Mela or Jordi Alba? I think by by their standards
2: Go yucking mailer because Jordi Alba realistically could do better. Do you know
0: what I mean? So mm. yeah, good way of looking at it, Kyle. Because with Jordi Alba as well, because he's in the he's in the twilight of his career as well. He's looking at yeah. literally how it, it kind of works as well. He was in the team where they lost to Japan as well. Um he's got got subbed numerous amount of times. No, he wasn't actually. He was subbed on, I think. Yeah, he was subbed on in the game that they lost to Japan as well. So a bit difficult in that way. Yeah, so who are we going for? Alba or Mela? Mela. Jokin yeah. Mela. Yeah. half like that. Right. The fun stuff happens now. Oh, my God, dude. We can't This pick is him. where we all fall out. This, this is where our friendship goes to die. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize in advance. Man. You know me as a nice guy, but this is where the passion comes out.
1: Midfield.
0: Midfield is where it's coming out for me as well, so it's going to be good. I can't pick Luka Modric anymore which is annoying. I can't pick Endo who's at a fantastic board tournament for Japan. Ah, oh, where do we begin? Let's begin at centre defence and mid. So Let's go for a number six that we've got over there as well. Ooh. Do we pick too many and leave out Mbappe? Personally, I think not. I don't think we can because I want Mbappe in this team. I think he's a quintessential French player who's got the most goals and assists for them in the tournament so far. Yeah. Ximeni's been brilliant. He's been a fantastic midfielder, but so has Antoine Griezmann. So has Olivier Giroud. Um, They've kind of amazing players, but I think Mbappe stands head and shoulders above them all.
2: Yeah, um, it's, it's um, my French player's gone... Gone down the side of Greece, man. I just think he's done so well. And the way he's been, because he's been put in a different position as well. He was world class against
0: England. He dominated he England. the game
2: against England. Brilliant. Mm. brilliant. The whole tournament, he's just been fantastic in a different position. He's drew
0: that attention away for the players to shine. And it's mm.
2: I think he's been fantastic.
0: My pick but, uh, for number for this, this one is I'm going to go for my Moroccan. I'm going to go for Amrabat because I want Mbappe in this team. So I want Amrabat. Sorry Hakim Ziyech, sorry Hakimi, even Mazuari to an effect. Sorry about that, Mazuari, but I need Amrabat in this team. He has been an amazing centre-defensive mid. I was literally playing a career mode just now with Bayern Leverkusen, got him on my transfer list, ready to buy him in January. I'm putting him in my team on career mode. Do you want him in this team, in our little joint um, World Cup side? What do you think? Uh,
2: so he, he's actually the guy that i I've fleed off Hakimi for Amrabat because, as a coach, my favourite players, the coach it's hustlers, people that put that effort in, people that do not give up to that whistle, has gone and Amrabat. Just the passion you saw it in the way he plays, and to watch players like that, I think it's it's something that you don't see very often, especially in the bigger teams where it's like they they just got the the good quality, the good standards. But Amrabat really put that hustle in for those results.
3: Dan, what were you we saying? I think with, with Amrabat, I think it's the way uh, Morocco have defended and they sit in that mid-block really comfortably, don't they? And I think for that to work, you're, you're number six, you're holding midfield, however you want to. I call it a number four, but that's a different argument. But mm. you holding midfield player. has got to be so disciplined and so, like, I don't know how to word it, a, a real organiser as well as that world-class footballer that he is. So he, he's got that side yeah. to him. Uh, so you've got to be able to offer a little bit more to your team than just being able to do the technical side of the game. And I think it's it's no um, no disgrace that Morocco went out last night. I think the fact they've even got as far as they have, to be fair, I think, well, yeah. credit credit to players in there. So it's going to be hard which one you leave out. But I'd back Amrabat in there. I had got another one in there. Let's yeah.
0: hear let's hear it before I type it officially. Let's hear it. <laughs> I don't know if you class him as a as an eight. Kimmich. I, I I love Kimmich. Believe me, I love Kimmich. I, I, I love, I love. But he was very poor in this tournament. Yeah, yeah. Is is he the German
3: player you thought I was on about earlier? No, he's just one that, that oh, yeah. popped into my head then as I was as I was going through midfielders in my head. Okay, yeah.
0: Now this is the question that we have. Remember how we left out Marquinhos because I wanted Casemiro in this team. Yeah. Do we go for Ooh. Casemiro and Amrabat or do we go for Casemiro or Amrabat? How do we do it?
2: See, the way I planned for this lineup, I went for 4-3-3, but with two centimetres and attacking, I didn't go with the CDM. Obviously, Amrabat was my choice. The it, two others were quite attacking.
0: So, spoil it for the audience, it is looking like the three of us are going to pick Jude Bellingham for England, right?
2: I think that's fairly...
0: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's yeah, going to be Absolutely. Bellingham
0: and... So who's it going to be? Bellingham and Amrabat or Bellingham and Casemiro? Because I'll throw one out there as well. If we are going for Amrabat, I will happily change Yoshida... Sorry, Yoshida. For Marquinhos. <laughs> sorry,
2: Yoshida.
0: my, <laughs> Yoshida. Uh, yeah, because I can't put Vinny on because Vinny Jr. is going to be in Mbappe's place. We can't put Messi anywhere else besides for Argentina. That's how I'm looking at it so far as well. So there's
2: so many it's such a ripple effect. Like there's so many players that you mentioned. It's like my strikers my striker's Brazilian. I'll say mm. that there. My is Brazilian. My I striker is not Brooks. Brazilian.
0: He is not Brazilian from my side as well. So this is gonna be crazy. Oh, this is brilliant. Uh um, oh, my days.
2: So we got Bellingham personally. Oh, who's it out of Amrabat
0: Casemiro? So Amrabat uh, Amrabat too many. Well, we mentioned too many um, earlier, yeah. but we, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna say Amrabat number one. I
2: can't go without a Moroccan player in this team, so I'm I'm sticking by Amrabat. He's he's been too impressive, and Morocco need the need the uh, realisation. so
0: Definitely, uh, Dan, who you going for free for free? Yeah,
2: I mean,
3: I'm I'm just trying to find us an outside shot now if we can make it a little bit easier, but I. You can't really argue with the two of them, can you? No,
0: nah. literally, that tackle oh, on Mbappe it's... last night was out of this world. The ground yeah. the oh, yeah. covered, the the way he had that composure to tackle um, Mbappe in the box, and Mbappe was rolling around after his yeah. foul.
2: Oh yeah, roll, yeah. That uh, replay drove me insane. That dude, it drove me insane. That
3: replay, looking at that replay
0: tackle, <laughs> is crazy. I,
2: I was
3: applauding the tackle; it was fantastic.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was cheering that tackle. I was yeah, upset. same here. I was oh, like, oh my god. An amazing tackle by Amber Batten. Well yeah. done. Well done Achieve.
2: For a good for a good five seconds I felt Moroccan. <laughs> I'll say that.
3: The way the game's going as well, I think stuff like that when you get a player that if you're not having much of the ball, like a big tackle, or something like that, can it can set the standard for your team again, can't it? It can set the tempo again. Yeah. So goals yeah, do it. But I think a big something like that can can really help your team. Definitely. Yeah, oh, definitely stopping a goal is just a, as important as scoring Oh game, yeah, so. stop, yeah. But then it just what it brings to your team as well—that bit of yeah. I don't but, mean, you see, you that see
2: that it, the confidence
0: passion. boost. Yeah, definitely.
2: Uh
0: we've got Amrabat in our six, eight. Jude Bellingham, literally.
2: Yeah, there's no arguments there. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Nice. We can
0: have we can have discussions, but we'd be lying to ourselves and to the audience that that's our England pick. Um, yeah, Carl, let's hear your thoughts on Jude Bellingham. Uh honestly, I um I watched him a
2: tiny bit for berlin obviously being in living in that area, it's just kind of like you have you have to keep track of the games. Um yeah. and he's just I watched him a little bit more for Dortmund and I've not really loved him, I've just like liked him because I haven't watched him enough because it's he's hard when they play in a different league. Yeah. And i absolutely fell in love with a guy this this tournament. He's his age, his passion, it weren't just the way he played. It was like as soon as Kane missed that penalty. He was the first to go over. His morals, his knowledge, his intelligence of the game for his age, he's younger than me and it's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> but he, he's just, he, he's this role model that you look up to and you're like, I can't wait for this guy to leave my country. And I, I don't think we've had a player like that for a long time.
0: Wait, did you say leave your country or lead your country? No, lead. Lead. lead.
3: You know five, for yeah. a fact
0: he's going to captain England. Oh, yeah. you know it. Hot, absolute nailed answer. I, I wouldn't be surprised when Henderson retires, he gets vice captaincy straight away, and then you just carry on yeah. from there as well. Just builds his progression up, which is insane. To yeah,
2: hey, he, he was an honorable mention, though. Henderson was in my debate. I think he had a fantastic tournament.
0: Yeah, really? when, when we swapped Mount for Henderson, we were so much better. Mm. Mount was just poor for me in this World Cup, and that yeah. shot he made against yeah. France. I'm like, uh, what the hell are you doing? You're off balance and you're shooting from 35 <laughs> oh, yards
3: out. We're about 35 yards out when he could have slipped. Yeah. Um, I, was, G- I was stupid.
0: Gareth Southgate was like, you can go on and do whatever you want, Mason Mount. No, yeah. it, it didn't work. It really didn't work for him as well. Yeah. Um, but obviously, there are going to be so many more honourable mentions that we have in sensitive field. Obviously, we mentioned Casemiro, we mentioned many. Um, We could even mention someone like Pedri, who I thought was Spain's best player in this tournament as well. He's fantastic to really watch and um, really appreciate. Luka Modric, like I mentioned earlier, an absolute gem of a footballer. Probably, in my opinion, will go down as one of the best midfielders I've ever seen live in a game. It's unreal. Honestly, it's just the fact that if, if you have the opportunity, I'd recommend anyone, if you save up some money, go to Madrid, watch a game uh, of Real Madrid. I would say if they're playing in the Champions League in England, go and watch him play because it's an absolute joy of a player to watch. And, yeah. and it really upset me when Tony Cruz retired from international football um, last summer because Germany needed someone like that in their team. And that's why yeah. I personally think they failed to actually hold on to the game against Japan as well, which was crazy to really see. But no, Jude Bellingham's in our team. Amrabat's in our team. Here's the big one. Dan, you start us off with our number 10. Who's going to be our number 10 in this World Cup team of the tournament?
3: I, I think I might have been half-tempted to, if we weren't doing it the way we were, I think I'd have been half-tempted to go Henderson and push Bellingham as a 10.
0: Oh, my God. This is why I did it the way we did it. Otherwise, it would be a complete bias. Just... So, it would have been so, so biased from people. That people need to like, People on the internet would have been slating me like, how have you a Henderson in your team? Of this-? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh been just pointing to me, Hamza, it's all right, I'll take the stick.
0: It's okay. <laughs> no, start, 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 us, start us off with the number 10 because I think for Brazil, even though we passed Casemiro now, Neymar is a very good um, player that I thought did very well as a number 10 in the games that he played. Mm. Granted, he was injured. Um, very important <laughs> in that game against Croatia as well but um, who? what's your kind of thought process going for in this number 10, Dan? Who are we going for? We haven't got time to get into it, but I'm not a massive fan of Neymar, so we'll
3: leave that one where it is. However, I'm,
0: I'm I'm not a fan of Neymar, but you, you, you can't deny what he's kind of done for Brazil no, in the modern era. Is. As much as I hate his diving and I hate his antics, and I've been on record lo- loads of times saying that against for him, for PSG, for him, for Barcelona. Um, hmm. But realistically speaking, though, um, he did very well for Brazil in this tournament, especially with a lackluster midfield, in my opinion. Uh, that Brazil yeah. had. Uh, like yeah. a miracle.
3: Bruno Fernandes, <laughs> I think's, thinks a shout. We've not gone with thingy. It? We've gone with it centre back again. I've, I've lost track right now. We've, gone, We've got
0: Shejny, uh, Dumfries, Yoshida, Gavardio, Yoki, mean, It's
3: Not decided on Pepe at centre Arthur. I think I Fernandes could be a shout as the ten. Enzo Fernandez
0: is very has been very good for Argentina.
3: He has, but I just still think I can't look past Messi. None of us can yeah, look past Messi. I, I, I just I just can't do it. And
2: uh, mm. I mean, the only Argentinian I, looked, I debated with over Messi was uh, Julian Alvarez because he it was fantastic. I mean,
3: you could have uh, maybe, but we've got Amrabat in there.
2: Yeah. See, yeah. this is where I went. Griezmann. This is so. And, and we've already, we played the arcade, yeah,
0: wasn't we? Yeah. So we've got him uh, back. Before we officially confirm, we've got a, a Frenchman, we've got an Argentine. Now we just kind of leave him for a striker and for a midfielder. I would like yeah. Bruno Fernandes personally. I think he was the main reason Portugal got the way that they got. It wasn't relying on Ronaldo, it wasn't relying on um, Joao Felix. It was on how Bruno Fernandes actually made that game take over as well. Yeah. He was fantastic in the way that they play the game. Uh, the, the goal against Uruguay as well the way he played was fantastic it's just it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a not not a sticky one it's just you kind of my oddball this is my this is my oddball that I'm going to throw in uh, he got out in the group stages he was a fantastic young player that I predicted would do well in the tournament and he did in one of the three games because in the other two games he was playing out of position Ah, oh, Ghana. What have you done to me, man? I was, I was like Ghanaian <laughs> for 90 minutes against, against Uruguay, I swear to God. Uh, Mohamed oh, yeah. Kudus, I thought he was fantastic in this tournament. I've spoken, I've waxed lyrically about him as well, how amazing he is as a, as a footballer, how well he's done for Ajax in the world, in the Champions League, I could say. But in the two games that he didn't play well, he played as a center midfielder. Mohamed Kudus is an attacking midfielder or a second striker or a striker. He did very well against South Korea when he was playing in his natural position when he played against Uruguay in the biggest game is probably of his Ghanaian career, in his international career, he played as a centre-mid. He didn't get to take the penalty where Andre Ayu took it. And for me personally, Andre Ayu shouldn't be anywhere near that Ghanaian side. But um, that's my honourable mention. I'm not going to pick him, but I just wanted to um, talk yeah. about how much I enjoyed uh, Mohamed Kudus. But, Kyle, have you got anyone else in mind? Because I know we can't take out... Um, Gri- we can't put Griezmann in as much as we want to. We can't yeah.
2: Put- no, so my... The reason I didn't originally select Bruno Fernandez is just because I thought J.O. Felix was... He played up there. when he, he's, he's had quite a tough time at Atletico as well recently. Uh, just agree. before he gets the World Cup, it, it comes out that he's going to be moving in January or the summer. Like, he's not getting on with J.O. Simeon. So, I mean, mentality there alone, it's, it's, it's going to be tough to go. And I think he performed brilliantly. I think, I think he performed really well um, in a team that were... I had so many rumors about them with the whole Ronaldo fiasco, and it, it's it's like I, I personally, Jair Felix was my choice, but I think Fernandez also played to the top of his game, which you kind of expect from him because he's just such a good player, and it's hard to admit it, but he's a brilliant like he's such a good player why is it hard to admit just i'm I'm a walls fan but i mean to be fair working working, he's the one portuguese player you didn't get my love (laughs) he's he's, um (laughs) hey andalo andalo um, no honestly working with united no it's i've I've now become a little bit more supportive of them because uh they're just always in the headlines aren't they so i I get all the stick they get so uh Mm. but i think fernandez i'm i'm happy to back fernandez i can I can see that missing out on Joe Felix. I can I can say, yeah, okay. That's fair. I think the way uh
3: Fernandez dealt with the the Ronaldo stuff as well cause it was, even in the World Cup, uh sorry, before we got into the World Cup, there was the the now infamous Piers Morgan interview and Ronaldo joined the squad. There was that uh, photo that went around, wasn't there? And it was that
0: video clip as well.
3: Yeah, it, it was almost Fernandez saying, No, we're not gonna stand for that, like we don't we don't stand for that here. Yeah. And I think mm. Plato is the leader of that group that he's gone he's at the
2: he's yeah. so the closest to it as well isn't he so so, um, so it's a lot to take on
0: definitely definitely um, so yeah Bruno Fernandes as, as I've always said as well I've been, I think he's a fantastic player that we've got at Man United and fantastic player for Portugal I personally think that he will help lead this new generation of Portuguese attack attacking talent that they've got into the new age because we didn't really get to see much of Rafael Leal you finally got to see yeah. some of the better performances from Jao Felix as well. I thought um, Bernardo Silva shouldn't have been playing as a centre midfielder in that kind of way. I thought if you had Bruno Fernandes further back, created more, and uh, Bernardo Silva playing forward, that would have been better. But That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, but realistically speaking, I thought they should have beaten Morocco. They had all the chances in the world. And it just didn't happen for them, unfortunately. But no, I'm happy to go for Bruno Fernandes, which would be good. Yeah. Right then, everyone. This is, the, this is the crazy thing. This is the crazy thing for me because we've got Mbappe. We know we're going to put Mbappe in. We've got Messi. We've got Messi. But I don't want to see Lionel Messi anywhere near that right-hand side. I want him in the middle as my, as my striker, as he's been playing as a striker okay. in this team. So this is, this is how I'm looking at it from my side. Amrabat, Fernandez, Bellingham, Messi in his natural false 9 we They've got a winger there they've got a winger there what would you say to that or would you want Messi on the right so he can pick a number nine how would you how would you go about it and I'll happily change it back I have got a
3: number nine Um, but I get your point Messi's played there this tournament and he still operates in those sort of areas doesn't it I mean my number nine was Gakpo from from Holland Mm. Gakpo is I forget if I said it right or not but yeah yeah, I think he's he's had a really good tournament he was know. very good. He only came off the bench, didn't he, in the last game?
0: No, he started all of
3: them. Cody Gakpo. Oh, I've got the wrong player. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, th- I think he's had a he's had a good tournament. Um, so he was going to be my number nine. But Messi has played there all tournament, so he raised a good point.
0: That's the thing because we've seen Messi at World Cups when he's played as a right winger coming infield for um, Argentina, and it just hasn't worked for him at all, literally yeah. at all. We saw it against um or even the game the other day, they played four centre midfielders in the midfield four to allow Messi to have that creative freedom and Julian Alvarez to stretch the defence, which I thought was just genius because you're getting the best out of Lino Messi. The four midfielders behind him were all literally all four centre midfielders, all just doing the groundwork, the dog work to allow Messi to, to be free in attack. And we saw what happens when Messi's free in attack. He literally ruined our number four, Gavardio, and yep. literally lowered his price, his his expected price from like eighty-five minutes, so like sixty-five or forty-five million. Yep which is crazy. Carl, um, what are you thinking? Where do we want to put Lionel Messi in this team? As a striker or as a winger or as a false nine? See, I, I personally, I did put
2: him on the wing. I know he started as the false knight, but to be fair, a lot of the times he received the ball, he was out on the right. And there's all the times he was dribbling, dribbling from the halfway line, he collected it on the right. I mean, that's natural positioning, of course. Mm. Uh, but that, that was simply to allow for Richarlison to go striker because I think it annoys me so much. Richardson <laughs> drives me up the wall because he's. Such he a really really annoys player. me
0: as well. He, I he's can't such an irritating
2: game. player, and then he does that pigeon dance, and you're like, oh, just get off my screen, please get off my screen. But um, I, I, I've got to say, he's a fantastic striker. He's so clinical in in the way he performed. That's why I put Messi there on the right. But I think if if, if we can come up with another right winger, that's I mean, there's plenty that's performed. Outclassed everyone else. Um, I'm happy to put Messi in that centre. world definitely. All
0: right. Let's have a look at what some of the teams that we've used. So we can't use Netherlands. We can't use Japan. We can't use Croatia. We can't use Denmark. We can't use Poland. Can't use Morocco. So there's no hack in Ziyech. We can't use England. So we can't use Bukayo Saka. We can't use Portugal. So we can't use João Felix. Argentina and France are taken. Who are we going to kind of look at now to actually pick someone? Could
2: you could you suggest putting Vinicius on the right? Would that be allowed or could we? Because mm-hmm. he had a very good World Cup, and he was mentioned
0: earlier. Who? Uh, this, this is, this is, this is a good one.
2: This, this is a good is a one, one for one.
0: me because I, me being me, me being a bit biased, I would rather see Vinicius in the team than Richarlison. If it meant, yeah. for example, we put even if we put like Messi on the right, and Mbappe in the middle, whatever, we can we can rotate. It's absolutely fine. The other one that I, I kind of had in mind, and this is just me is that South Korean striker that scored, I think, three or four Ooh. goals. Well. His name has escaped me, so I'm going to have to Google it. So, let's have a look. But he did very well in this tournament for South Korea as well to qualify from the group stages yeah. um, at the same time. We could talk about Son Hyung min but he's always yeah, crying, I so I don't really want him in my team. <laughs> He literally, all, all, he, all he does is, is, he, is he cries. If they win, they cry. He, like, get off my screen, Son Heung-min. He annoys me. He, son Heung-min uh, annoys me more than Richarlison. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. I really? Son, man. I I really. hate Son. I think it's so annoying. <laughs> it's such a media darling. How
2: can because, you right. hate Son, man?
3: Honestly, Hamza, you need, to a, you need to have a chat with Carl because... He hates him as well, and I don't get it.
0: I, I, yeah, we, we, we see the truth. We see the truth of, of him as well, which is crazy. Um, but honestly, I think the, his name is Cho, the South Korean striker. He scored two goals versus Ghana. Um, I think he scored against Portugal as well in the game, which is great to see. But it is kind of our team, so we can kind of play around with who we want to do it. My, my thought process, and this is just me, because I didn't have Bellingham in my team. I had Saka on the right. I had Messi in the middle and Mbappe on the left. Which allowed Casemiro in the team of Amrabat and Fernandez. That's how I had it down originally. But we are where we are now, so we can't change who we've got. We'll pick them all. First of all, let's put Mbappe in this. We'll talk about Mbappe and Messi in a sec. We just have to get them in the team. Um, Oh, one. Mbappe, Messi.
2: That's lethal. Messi, Mbappe, and Vinny.
0: That's lethal. I mean, it's basically PSG. Yeah. It literally is, is basically PSG right there. Uh, Cameroon, they had a boobacar, he was very good in the tournament as well. Mm. That goal against Switzerland where he just like dink the keeper, I thought it was fantastic. Big shout out to him. He was fantastic. And against Brazil. Cameroon win against Brazil for the first time in their history as well. That was an incredible moment at the same time. Um but this is where we have to go for it. Dan, who you kind of who how do we kind of go about this? So first of all, formation-wise, do you have Messi on the right, just for the sake of it?
3: I want to say, I'm racking my brains here to try and think of another
0: forward player that we've not mentioned. There will be lows that we don't think about, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, am trying to think who scored. Shouts out to Jury, by the way. Jury's been fantastic. Shouts out to Julian Alvarez, but we can't pick yeah. you yeah. for obvious reasons as well. Um, I'm trying to think of players from the group stage that we may have forgot about. Enna Valencia. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Enna
3: yeah,
2: Valencia. Yes. Carlos Ramos.
0: He got three, three really really in the group stage, Valencia. Taremi, Neymar, uh, Rishi Do, we can't use Japan. Uh, Mohamed Kudus, like I said as well, is pretty good. Um, uh,
2: how can we say it? Olivier Giroud's up there. Like, he gets underrated and underappreciated every time, but it's, it's so hard to compete with Mbappe. You can't take Mbappe out. Although, I
3: will say, Mbappe was kept quiet against England. Oh, yeah. Oh, England my God.
2: Orleans is very good.
0: Don't remind me of the England game, please. Literally, because... The England game, he did very well, um, Kyle Walker against Kylian Mbappe. But I'm looking at it thinking, well, first of all, we didn't deal with Giroud at all. John Stones and Maguire, even though I was talking about John Stones earlier, we didn't deal deal with him at all, which was great. He had a clear-cut chance before um, it happened as well. And that's the threat that Mbappe has. He brings so much danger onto one side that Dembele was going through, Griezmann was was running the show, basically, and then... Uh, Giroud ended up scoring, which was really, really annoy- annoying as well. It's like with um, I don't know who it was was it Henderson, Henderson or someone didn't run out straight to Chuenmany because they were all kind of focused on Mbappe and Griezmann. Yeah. That really, really annoyed me because they had back we had a back seven in our 18 yard box as opposed to two midfielders outside pressing. Yeah. was that for sure? goal. Sure, goal. Yeah, I think I think it was Bellingham. I can't lie, I think it Bellingham. Was Bellingham. Yeah, literally. So it was one of those ones as well, and everyone's blaming Jor- Jordan Pickford. I, would, I wouldn't say that. No, I can't do like, anything
2: there. Completely blindsided.
0: Definitely. Um, first of all, I'm not picking Enna Valencia in my team. I don't, I don't no, want to no, pick no, him no. in. <laughs> no, Sh- shout out well, to him yeah. though. He was great yeah. for it against Qatar. It's fantastic. <laughs> honorary mention. Honor- honorary mention. Gonzalo Ramos, we can't pick a Portuguese guy so we're not going to do it but yeah. honorable mention to you. Morata, I mean, he scored against what? Um, Costa Rica. With all due respect to Costa Rica, he scored against them and then that was it. I'm going to be biased and I'm going to go for Vinicius on the left or I will go for I don't mind going for Abubakar but Abubakar was pretty good two goals one assistant in, in the tournament but that, would, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world having Abubakar main striker then Mbappe left Messi right but we can't, we can't not have a Brazilian in the team so I need Vinicius in the team yeah I'm going
2: Vinicius Mbappe Messi just, I can't I can't push anyone out there
3: yeah I don't think I can give you a genuine argument for that. I mean, I've got Gakpo as my centre-forward and then Mbappe yeah. on the left, but I don't think I can look past. If you tried to put Neymar in it, I'd have argued till the till the cows come home. However, Vinicius, I can't look past, I don't think.
0: No, I would prefer Vinicius on his left wing as well. Neymar, because I said before as he was injured in a couple of games, so he didn't really um, turn up as much as he could have done. Uh, but yeah. I think that's it. Obviously, everyone will be looking at the team thinking, oh, Messi's number nine. It's just literally for the sake of this as well. Yeah. Right, let's go through our team and make sure we haven't missed anyone out. So, in goal, we've got Wojciech Szczesny, uh, Poland's heroic keeper, especially from the Argentina saves to keep them in the, to get, to qualify them to the next round of the uh, World Cup, which is what they did, which is great as well. Denzel Dumfries for the Netherlands representing, had a fantastic tournament for the Netherlands once again. Two tournaments in a row has been first choice for the Netherlands, which has been great. Mayo Yoshida, another veteran player that we're putting in his team for his erodes for Japan, getting them to the round of 16, unfortunately losing on penalties. But he was heroic against Croatia, heroic against Spain, and definitely against Germany in their opening game, setting a tone for their tournament as well. Um, probably one of the best young stars in this tournament, Gavardio, who we're going at centre back, was well, we are going to excuse the whole Lionel Messi situation because Lionel Messi's done it to the best of the best. It's just, yeah. it's just a rite of passage for a lot of centre backs nowadays get done by lino messi um, that. yeah exactly you, you can't fault him for that at all left back we are going for Joachim mehler probably one of the bright sparks in this danish side that didn't qualify for the um, knockout stages in the world cup as well realistically speaking um i wanted to find a senegalese player to find into them because i thought senegal did very well in this tournament but we couldn't yeah. find it switzerland we couldn't find anyone um to find anyone in that kind of place as well Amrabat is the main Moroccan player we are going to be highlighting in this group, in this game, I should say, because he has been outstanding. He definitely will probably make the official team of the tournament as well. As much as I love Casemiro, we've gone for two attacking midfielders in Jude Bellingham and Bruno Fernandes as well. And then our front three, obviously you've got to put Lionel Messi in there. The probably will go down as the greatest player of all time. Even if he doesn't win the World Cup, he will do after what he's done in this tournament as well. Mbappe, Kylian Mbappé, Lottin, as I still call him, I'll call him that with my friends because of FIFA 17, his original name that we had as well, uh, needs to be there as well because he's been the shining light once again in in his France side, as well as Chumeni, Giroud and Griezmann and Varane respectively as well. They've all been fantastic in my mind. Even
2: Hugo Lloris is up there for a show. He was a question, my goalkeeper.
0: And Theo Hernandez fantastic. as well. The only reason we didn't pick Theo Hernandez as our left back was because we saved Mbappé uh, for yeah. France as well. And representing Brazil is Vinicius Junior, someone who we thought was a fantastic player to watch and admire in this World Cup as well. Definitely didn't deserve to get subbed that early against Croatia in the round of sixteen. In the yeah, wow. in the round of, in the quarterfinals. Sorry, I thought that was embarrassing um, to see how he got subbed off so early, and we definitely didn't want to put Richardson in there because we don't particularly like um as well. Right, Kyle, how do you th- how do you find this team? Um, do you think we've done well? Do you think we've missed out on a player or two?
2: Um, there's always going to be players that you know, presumably you've missed out on or, you know, there's there's players in the question. I've even done like a little list of the honorary mentions that I just think honourable mention that is like, I'm just Go for it. The roll, away this World Cup. Roll out um, the honorary I think, mentions. I think Romain Saïs. I know, yeah, I'm a, a Wolves fan, but I think Romain Sace was fantastic in Morocco and he, he, even in Afghan, I think he was, he, was, he was superb winning. So, it's hard to look past him. Tyler Adams from America. He he was impressed. I never heard, didn't really know of him too much. Never really seen him play before the World Cup. So he, he impressed me, of course. And then the other ones we've kind of talked about. So uh, Oh, another one from Morocco. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, Unahi. Um, yeah,
0: Unahi, the center midfielder.
2: Impressive. I imp- never heard of him. Very impressive. Um, obviously, Jordan Henderson, Gap Poe. Um Julian Albert, there's so many you could go through, but they those were the ones that are just toying my mind. And I, I think I think from the selections you look at that team and I don't think anyone can realistically argue too much about that.
0: Yeah, remember that for everyone listening, it is literally one player per nation, so we're not gonna be going all in on certain nations as well, which is which is what it is. But realistically speaking, it was great to see a lot of these nations play at the World Cup. Um How's your thoughts on this team, Dan? You reckon we could have done anything better? Would you change anything from this one?
3: I don't think there's any more we could have changed. I, I could give my me another mention again to Gakpo, and, and I think it's hard lines he's not got in it. But I just don't yeah. think we can really argue another lad from the USA that we haven't really spoke about was Yunus Musa. He's, mm. he's uh, one of them. I think we'll probably see him moving. Um, I don't know where he's playing at the
0: minute. Valencia. Uh, Serious, yeah. our first ever podcast I did a scout report on Yunus Musa, and I've been following his uh, progression ever since and I'm very oh, proud yeah. of him. I love yeah. that. literally he was a former Arsenal Academy player so I thought oh yeah it's cool Gareth Southwick is going to call him up and then what happens he gets US citizenship and the USA call him up and ever since then he's gone from strength to strength Moves to Valencia as well um, obviously being a, a US national as well at the same time it's very odd seeing a US national with a London accent it's crazy actually <laughs> seeing that it's like Musiala with a German accent Musiala's yeah, yeah. a shout out after out as well he was fantastic in this tournament yeah, oh, yeah. He's, he was my
2: uh, he, German he, like. could, have been he, the, he could have been he could have been in this he could yeah, have been he, he was the centre mid was on a yeah
0: <laughs> he was a shining light in this German side as well definitely um, which was which was really good to see I'm going to go for a couple of shout outs from mine as well I thought Dia from uh, Senegal was fantastic as well Remember we remembered Senegal without Sadio Mane so people didn't expect them to do yeah. that well they did quite well to get through to the round of 16, obviously beating Ecuador oh. to get past it as well, which was great. Um, yeah, realistically speaking, Enna Valencia, it was great to see him back again. Sofian Boufal, who we hadn't really seen for a good number of yeah. years since he was at um, Southampton, respectively, as well, which was great to see. And personally, for me, from my kind of point of view as well, I kind of have to shout out Harry Maguire. So this is just me kind of, oh, not, yeah. in a way, apologising, because realistically speaking, I'm not a big fan of Harry Maguire. I never really have been as a Man United fan. He's been quite limited in what he does in our kind of play. He makes a lot of mistakes. But in this World Cup, he proved me wrong. And I have to admit it. I have to admit he's done very well for England at the Euro. He's done very well for England at the at the World Cup as well. Unfortunately, it just didn't happen um, for him this time around as well, which went great. Uh, Croatian player, I think his name's Orsic. I think he's done very well um, in his tournament as well. as a super sub, done very well at the same time. Davy Klaassen, coming back from... Uh, from being like an outsider type of player that he was um, at Everton going back to Ajax and doing very well for Ajax well, at the same time. And one last one from me, I do have to kind of shout out, um, yeah, Alexis McAllister. I think Alex- Alexis McAllister has been a joy to watch in this Argentina side. And I think it goes kind of goes on to the whole Richarlison thing. When you're used to being around a certain quality type of players, and then you're around best type of players, your game rather goes up or it goes down. And for him, Alexis McAllister, I wouldn't be surprised if he was playing Champions League football next season as well. I really wouldn't. If Graham Potter was to make a cheeky bid for 50, 60 million, Brighton wouldn't reject it at all, which would be crazy. And I think it's been fantastic to really enjoy and to really appreciate. And same with Enzo Fernandez as well. Same with Julian Alvarez, all these young, up-and-coming Argentine players. It's nice to see how Scaloni's done it for Argentina, to be fair. He's not gone for players on reputation and stature and the club that they're playing for. That's why Di Maria is still on the bench. That's why Paredes is still on the bench. Dybala is still on the bench as well. He's doing it what's best for the team and what's best for the nation or what's actually best for... Um, for yeah, the out, basically it. Exactly. 100%. Uh. And it makes it so much easier watching this Argentina side as well, which is absolutely fantastic. And um, even with Portugal, when they dropped Ronaldo, it was better for the team. They played much better without him as well, which made it so much easier for, yeah. for them as well, which is great. Um, and then, yeah, shout out Luka Modric. What a player he is. Like, I haven't said much about him already. If anyone literally is what listening or watching to this, Spend some time if you if you're ever bored, just watch a compilation on YouTube of Luca Modric. Absolutely enjoyable um, to watch yeah, as well, okay. which has been great. But yeah, that's our that's our team. Let me download this image and let me send it to both of you as well, which would be quite fun. But um, before we wrap up for for Christmas and we wrap up for the winter holidays as well, who's winning on Sunday? Argentina or France? I'm gonna go
2: Argentina. I think I think it's written in the stars. Mm. Yeah, I I want to say France because I am more Ronaldo than Messi. Not only the better performance, just I enjoy Ronaldo more than Messi. But I do think, like Dan said, I do think it's written in the stars that we got in for a lot of people. If Argentina don't win it, because Messi he deserves it for his career. So,
0: I'm I'm honestly one of these guys that's so objective. Like people are like, oh, I'm gonna feel sorry for Messi. I'm gonna cry if Messi doesn't win. Yeah. Me, my point of view is. Which Man United centre back's coming home with the World Cup? Lisandro Martinez or Rafael Varane? That's how I'm yeah. looking at it. One of them's coming back with a World Cup. One of them may come back with two in his history in his in his locker as well, Rafael Varane as well, which mm. will be great. So I'm I'm looking forward to a really good game. I'm looking forward to a really enjoyable game as well. I mean some unbelievable games in this tournament at the same time. So watching to appreciate it as well. Um it's been a fantastic tournament from from watching it from our point of view as well, which has been great. But um, before we wrap up Kyle Dan I wanted to say thank you very much for your time today it's been an absolute joy to speak to, to both of you about football and we didn't lose our we didn't lose our friendship at the end of this as well as much as, as, much as the argument that we had that's oh, why I've
2: yeah.
3: just heard Kyle say preferred Ronaldo over Messi so we'll have to
0: pick that up <laughs> you've got the whole of the winter to worry about <laughs> That's why I put that one nation, a uh, one player per nation thing on. Because if it wouldn't happen, would we still argue over Casemiro and Modric and whoever? Personally, for me, I would have gone for Modric over Bellingham. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I think I'd have put my fingers in my Ramses, and just pretended. Yeah. Like was... Relationships have, been...
2: have been dented. They've been dented.
0: That's <laughs> why I'm saying I had to put that. I had to put that on. We had to remain civil oh. for, the, for the list result. Great, but. No, everyone. Um, thank you very much for listening, um, Kyle. Dan, thank you very much for your time today, and we'll see you. Thank you. Yeah, thank next. you for the invite. You're very welcome. Thank you very much for having
2: us on. Uh, do you mind if I ask a quick question about, obviously, the topic? Yeah. Who Who would you put as the manager of the tournament? Oh, I'm glad who of manages that team. Oh no, nah, then. Uh, <sighs> can I can know it, my can answer. It be, can it be any nation? manager? Any manager? Any nation? Any manager? It doesn't matter. Don't have to be the same. But, uh, my, my, I mean, my manager personally is a Japanese manager. I think the passion he's shown, and he was so well-instructed that you see him Spain the way they did. I think uh, that's, my, uh, that's my answer.
0: And they played amazing football as well. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Very technical football, Japanese football, which is great to see. He, Actually, yeah, he knew how to work with
2: players. He knew them inside out. The so
0: Made the right change at the right time as well. Made it fantastic at the same time. He really went through the hardships of beating two big European giants as well, World Cup historians in Germany and Spain as well, which is great. I can't look past about the, uh, the not Belgium. I can't look past the the Morocco manager, firstly. Yeah, been, he has
2: been brilliant.
0: I thought he was just an absolute joy. The fact that remember he came in in September, he got Hakim Ziyech out of retirement, and he had to build his team, his squad, within two months of the World Cup starting as well. Yeah. the work he's done is unreal the positivity Morocco have inspired in this World Cup is unreal not just yeah. in Morocco but worldwide which is which is unreal as well but definitely mm. one of the Japanese ones or the Moroccan ones for me because it's all about how you manage a smaller team to get them higher up as possible as well yeah um, even Croatia to be fair they've, they've lost a lot since their last bit of like success you know yeah.
2: knocking us out I think that they realistically normally you see a team drop after that quite mm. massively they look at Germany when they won since so like they've won, they just every major tournament. They've just
0: fell, um, so I think
2: Croatia to do as well as they did. I think that deserves a little bit of a mention.
0: They surprised everyone. Everyone was re- writing them off after Brazil, like yeah, Brazil are going to walk over them. It's fine, absolutely fine, but it didn't happen at all. Yeah. Shout out Croatia, Dan. Who are we going for as your manager uh, to manage this team? I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a Morocco manager. However, I thank think... God, I thought you were going to go for Southgate. Honestly, I thought you were going to go for Southgate. <laughs> no,
3: no, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> However, I would give him an honourable mention because I think yeah. that's been our little buzzword, ain't it, for this an honourable mention. Yeah, <laughs> I think he got, you know, there was a lot of pressure anywhere there from the nations league, and I don't think he like that bother him. And the the, uh, the Mbappe plan and all that sort of stuff—I don't think Mbappe did anything against us. And I, he's not the manager of the tournament nowhere near, but yeah, he's, he did all right. He did right. all right. I don't, I don't think we're looking back at this one now. We're going, if only we'd have been a bit more attacking, or we'd have done this, that I think it was one of them where we've lost just to a better team. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's I the first time. It was,
2: it's, yeah. the end of it.
0: it's the first time I said after the game, um, I was I was at my cousin's house pushing it, and like one of them ran off and started crying. One of them was like, Oh, it's only a game. And I was like, it's the first time you can walk up with your head held high after watching England. Oh, like we gave everything we had um in this kind of team as well which was which is insane to see and really passionate mm. for, for what England have kind of done over the last four yeah. or five years um under Gareth Southgate as well which yeah. is great it was a, a
2: lot more of a uh, refreshing loss than the one to Italy I remember how I felt and I'm, I'm a lot more passionate about England the, the older I get I get a lot more attached and more passionate which is kind of a killer but so you think this would be harder to take mm. but I, I think I walked away and I was like I, I don't think we put a foot wrong. I don't think yeah. we did anything wrong. I just think yeah, we could have done one or two more things right, and that would have been it.
0: Definitely, um, but yeah, the, the manager managing our team is Walid uh, Regragui. Reg, Reg, uh, Walid Reg Regragui. I always get that who is up. Reg Regragui. Reg Regragui is our manager um, for our team of the tournament, which is which has been great as well. Been very very good. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for your time. Oh, of course. It's going to be good to enjoy this kind of breakaway, which would be good. But hopefully we'll be seeing a very fantastic game on Sunday for the World Cup final, which would be great. But it'll be good. Everyone, thank yeah. you very much for listening. Kyle, uh, Dan, thanks very much for your time. And we'll see you on the next episode. See you later. See you.